the show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, go. So, creeping up in here, I see faces showing up. Uh, how we doing, Mr. AM? I see your beautiful face. Mr. Candy, I see you in the sheets face. What is going on, my two brothers, Twisted Critics? We in the building. We are definitely here. You, uh, you're the second person to call me beautiful this week, but uh, I'm alive. I got car trouble, but I'm alive. Candy, what's up? Yeah, we, we doing good. You know, what's that, some local boxing match? Did your, did your homeboy have a match? Yeah, well, his little brother did. He looked good. But that was in the matches. He was just putting so much pressure on the band. The guy didn't know what to do. That's what's up. We are having an interesting week. I had this Friday off, so we went to SeaWorld. And I'm ready to drink up with you guys and welcome our first female guest to the show, which we'll get into a little bit later. But Candy, why don't you kick off the show? Let them know what the Twisted Critics are. Uh, we are the Twisted Critics podcast. We're the biasly unbiased brothers across the U.S. who dig music and music business. Originally began as Doc and his cousin, Tony Ganja, in 2018. Now relaunched with two new co-hosts, uh, you know, Sex in the Sheets, myself, and rapper AM. Doc and AM are active artists, and the three of us are all collaborators and radio reviewers, friends, and current business execs for Hear My Voice Entertainment and Publishing. Starting this year, the Twisted Creates podcast is curating our very own VIP Spotify playlist to better help promote our guests and other songs we enjoy. From both good and bad experiences in the rap game, especially for me and AM, our jobs around the industry, the questions and misinformation we hear at music conferences often, we remember what it's like starting out. We remember being rookies, the mistakes, being told the false information from people you see on the internet. So we try our best to prove those myths wrong, provide direct answers, correct business practices, clear legal steps, and hopefully be helpful as much as we can to you guys. But it's our mutual love, though, for our weekly calls, our ear for urban music, our mathematical eyes on the charts, me and AM spinning bars, our reviews for the labels, our heated debates, our guests, and our solidarity in sharing a damn drink to build this therapeutic, productive, and often wild platform for y'all to check out. Hey, if nothing else, tune in with an open mind, a notepad, a full glass to enjoy an informative, entertaining, twisted vibe, and you might learn something. I know I do every single time that I'm on this show. Please be interactive and send questions in via our social medias. And we not only give you a shout out on air, but we will also give you directions and advice. Us three are believers in the model that a drunk man and or woman tells no lies. You know what we call it? We call this education through inebriation. AM, that's a damn shirt. It's a shirt. All right, so I think people that have been listening to us for four episodes kind of know who we are, but let's just fire through the elevator pitches real quick. Candy, let them know who you are. 
My name is Candelario Villarreal, a.k.a. Candy, a.k.a. Mr. Too Sweet in the Streets, Extra Spicy in the Sheets. I'm from Brownsville, Texas, the southernmost tip of Texas. I started out doing local parties with myself into the promoter space. Now I'm expanding my business as I join Hear My Voice Entertainment, where I focus on artist development, being the podcasting director, and helping with the marketing. I plan on expanding the musical market in my area and becoming a prominent figure within my community and helping out the local artists, man. That, that's the goal, and that's the plan. All right, y'all know, y'all know, y'all know me. I am Doc J, the Mike Medic. Hear my voice entertainment. Real name's Joselito. Everyone in the planet calls me Jesse or Doc. Sleepy Hollow, New York. Moved to South Florida when I was very young. Uh, got a degree in copyright, trademark law, and civil engineering, design, and roadways at FAU in Boca Raton. Interned for the three different labels, Sony Music, Atlantic Records, and then Epic Records, which was the most recent in their legal department. I got a job for MediaBase in 2018. And I've moved my way up to where I'm a senior national radio spins analyst. And I sit with these boys and review music every single week. And I have a good time doing it. Um, I still am an active artist. And like my boy Am says, I think I'm a father and a husband first. And I want to make sure that people, whether indie or major, can make money off this music business. This is why we love Doc. We love you for that. Rapper Am, Arian Miller, a.k.a. Angry Man, born in Maine. I'm out of Baltimore. That's that's where I live right now. I'm a rapper, battle rapper, poet, writer. <clears throat> I do a lot. I do a whole lot. Currently still learning the guitar. I play piano. I produce. Uh, I mix. Uh, I am in the A&R role or one of the A&R roles for Hear My Voice Entertainment. I'm in the record pool with Doc and Candy as well. I've been here for a while. I've been making music forever. Uh, like Doc said, I'm a father before anything. Love my son to death. He'll pop up a couple of times throughout this podcast. So you guys Shout will out, hear him. Shout out, Drew. Y'all will hear him. Avid MMA, uh, what, do you, what would you call that? Connoisseur, I guess. Uh, watch the fight last Enthusiast. Uh, I do practice. I box. I wrestle. That is me in a nutshell. Everything that I didn't say, y'all can learn through my infectious personality. Can I ask it? Can I, can I ask it? Yes, yes. Because I felt like I should have just asked it. Doc, I'm going to start with you. Doc, what are you drinking on? All right, we're gonna get we're gonna get messed up because I have not drank a lot this week and it's been a stressful week. So for the <laughs> solid drink that we'll be sipping on all show, this is some Dominican rum brought back from my friends that went there for vacation. It's called I've never heard the brand. It's called Don Ron, <laughs> and it looks very very dark but tastes very very good. I like dark and good. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to be doing the rum and coke or spice rum and coke. And then for the chances that we have to do a WFW, hopefully we don't. I actually have my homemade feed. This is honey wine, basically, but it is infused and fortified with caramel whiskey. So it's caramel orange spice mead. Mm. And I'm going to find a way to mail it to these two gentlemen, too. I need that direct one that you're talking about. Hey, uh, Candy, what you drinking on my brother? I'm trying to get that sponsorship, man. I'm, I'm drinking Twisted Tea. I think it's only for the Twisted Critic, but uh, Twisted Tea sponsor your boy, man. But when we take your shots, I still got this bottle. Wow, the Bacchus is still there. And he's got about a quarter left. I think it might like it might have a show and a half left. I, I might have to make you take a lot of shots today just for that. Finish the bottle. Oh, no, it's, it's horrible, man. And my brother from another AM, what you drinking on, my brother? I'm sipping on some Chowchers mead. Until I can get my hands on some some uh some dock mead. Ah, I'm taking shots of Vin Petal. It sounds fancy. It's dry gin. I'm big on gin. I don't know what brand I'm trying to do the same thing that Candy doing, but I need somebody to sponsor me for some gin. 
Let's do it for the culture one time. Everyone pour up a shot. Show it to the camera. I've been having mine ready. Yeah, of course you did. My bad, y'all. Doc didn't hear me. I'm measuring mine with my mouth. <laughs> Lead us right. Pa arriba, pa abajo, pa dentro, y pa dentro. Salud. So this is me. <laughs> Walking, running, jogging, sprinting. Right in the segment number two, which is the wrong fucking word. As always... We as the Twisted Critics do our best to make sure the guests and the listeners break the ice, get comfortable, let loose, and have fun, like your boy. By using our little torturous banana peel buzzword each episode that we call the WFW, our wrong fucking word of the week. Oh, fuck. Every time someone slips up and says it, everyone takes a shot, no question asked. That that goes for hosts, that goes for guests, that goes for listeners. It is your turn, Candy, to pick it. We've all read Jessica's bio. Miss Bonilla is a very unique person, very resilient, very strong-minded, but very fun. We know about the stuff she does for radio and the community. So what kind of evil, tormented term you got to mess up our afternoons today? Let's go. Let's go. So her, de- her story definitely shows how resilient she is, just how much she loves working for radio. So this week, WFW, I got a mean one, man. I think the term will be station and or stations. We are yeah. So anytime these are said, we all gotta take shot. I think I think she's gonna slip up at least twice. Bitch, I'm gonna slip up like four times. I am a betting man. We should do the over under on this for sure. What you what you think? And if we over under, we're gonna take a shot or two. What you think? Oh, I'm thinking two two and a half over under. Two and a half over under. I'm gonna go over under two. So if we're both if we're both right, we'll just do two shots in general. My over under. I'm going four or more. That's my over. If Doc is right about four or more, we're going to do three shots. If me and Candy are right about the 2.5 or more, we're going to do two shots. I like that. I like that. I like that. All right. For segment three, (laughs) we're going into time capsule. So let's turn the clock back a bit. This show will consist of the dates from October the 29th into November the 4th for uh, throughout all of urban music history. So first and foremost... Let's give props and pay some respects to those who are not here anymore to receive it. So October 29th, the big one, John Witherspoon, 2009. And you got Young Greatness in 2018, also October 29th. Man, Witherspoon was dope. He's classic, definitely in Friday, but a whole lot of other comedies. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pick up where you left it off. I'm going to go to October 30th. We've got Jam Master J from the group Run DMC, legendary uh, DJ taken from us way too early in 2002. We also have October 31st, MF Doom. I know me and AM are up on the in- underground scene, and we both loved MF Doom so much. And it was a surprise when his wife let everyone know almost a month after his death that he passed away. So that was a sad one for me. It was. I respected the way that she did that and not wanting to put his business out there and things of that nature to let her and the family go through what they had to go through before that. But, yeah, you know I'm a big MF Doom fan. I shared a, a cover, and I share a cover every once in a while of Rap Snitches. I can't I can't help it. There's a lot of guys that do real 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 good with that. November the first is going to be Matt Dre, 2004. We have Take Off. Hurt my feelings every single time I hear a Migos song. Now uh, he passed in 20, 2022. November the second is going to be Ronnie Wilson from the Gap Band. Love that. One of my favorite bands of all time. 2021. And for the Scorpio gang out there, Am, let them know whose birthday we start out with first. You know I got it. You know I got it. This week we're gonna have a lot of them. Uh, so let me start with the big, big B-day shouts out to Chapa. 
It's going to be October the 29th. He's going to be 43 years old. We have Melba Moore, October the 29th. She's going to be a whopping 77, and she looks amazing. Keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. We have Paris, October the 29th. He's going to be 55. We have Rule. Am I saying that right? Is it like dual, like, yep. like Yu-Gi-Oh? Let's get yep. it. First try, first try. <laughs> October. Look, my, I'm fully charismatic right now. I apologize. October the 29th, he's going to be an, an underwhelming 20 years old. You are still a baby, but it's okay. My babe, because like they said, I look like Anthony with, when I had the dreads and whatnot with Tracy, Ellis Ross. October the 29th, she's going to be 50 years old. And she looks like she's 27. Give me kisses. Ooh. We're going Otis William, October 30th, turn 81. Temptation. Also, on, also on that same day, baby, we got Snow turning 53 and Stanley turning 40. So going on to the 31st, also rest in peace. We got Bernard Edwards, would have been 71. A.D. Rock turning 57. Beastie Boys. Bishop, Bishop Lamont turning 45. And J.I.D. turning 33. I'm sticking with the October 31st. We got one of my favorite MCs of all time, Pharaoh Munch. Pharaoh Munch was 51, by the way. Will's daughter, Willa Smith, October 31st. She's turning 23. She's a youngin' as well. David Foster, November 1st, 74 years old. That dude has written records for a who's who of Whitney Houston, Mary J. Blige, Taylor Swift, everybody. And he actually married a homegirl from American Idol, too. And they have a child mm-hmm. this year, which is mind-blowing to me. But anyways. <laughs> um, Little Pete, November 1st, 27. Also RIP because he passed away. Annalie Chopper, November 1st, 21 years old. November 1st also is Willie D from the gangsta underground group that blew up from Texas. Ghetto Boys. Willie D's turning 57. Shout out, Texas. Big fan of the Ghetto Boys. We are not done. <laughs> we are not finished. I told you. Right, oh, no. I, when you shared it, I, I already knew. We have Brian Too Hard O'Shea. It's going to be November the 2nd. He's going to be 27 years old. We have Melvin Edmonds. He's going to be 70. Rest in peace, November the 2nd. Nelly is going to be 49, November Ooh. the 2nd. Love, love me some Nelly. Love, 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 love legend. To this day. We have Prodigy, rest in peace, 49. And y'all know, y'all know, Big Mob Deep Energy, Shook ones. Rest in peace to Prodigy, November the 2nd. Ella May, with her cute ass, November the 3rd. She's going to be 29. And we have Nav, November the 3rd, and he's going to be 33 years old. Paula DeAnda. Is that you say your last name? Yeah, he got it. November 3rd, turning 34. We got Sticky Fingers. Also November 3rd, turning 50. We got Case, turning 48, November 4th. We got Diddy, also on the 4th, turning 54. We got Rockness Monster, on the 4th, turning 48. And we got Trouble. Rest in peace. Would have been thirty six in the fourth, and that completes our happy birthdays. What 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 was that, Am? My bad. Rock Nest Monster is a dope ass name. Hell yeah! Well, and it's like a lot of those ones that uh, Candy closed out with, like Sticky Fingers. I love Onyx. That's one of like I put them up there with on uh, with Mob Deep as well. Case yeah. is a great, incredible R and B artist. Y'all know Diddy for remixing everything, but Rock Nest Monster, <laughs> Rock and Rock, when Helta Skelta first came out. Yes. With yes. the whole the, the CD cover where they're hanging upside down like two vampires, that shit was just classic and timeless at the same time, man. So it's shout out to everyone that had a birthday this time, man. 
Hell yeah. So, Doc, we running into segment four. We calling it first or we going to start it? Let, let's pull her in here for, real quick. We had her waiting long enough, so we have to introduce her a little bit. Oh, here we go. I hope you cut, I hope you cut this part out. Oh, well, oh we're cutting all this part out. Don't worry. All this. Worry. All this <laughs> hey, Doc, all this. <laughs> Oh, I was about to say something very great. Is she in already? Is she? Wait, she's getting in right now. I see. I mean, I, I don't want to say it out of respect. Hurry up. It, it was about to be nasty. I was like, oh, no, nah, never mind. I, hey. I'm pretty sure it would have hurt her ears, but I don't care. I mean, I was just raised I mean, like Now that. I need to know it. what was said because I'm hearing all this audio while I'm connected. And I'm just like, no, right, so it, it was, it wasn't said. As you can hear, Jessica's in here loud and clear. She's connected. Bully to us. She is a twisted critic for the next hour or two. I'm excited for today's hot seat, Doc. Greetings and salutations. I hope everybody's having a fantastic day. They are about to have a, a more fantastic day that you joined us. So hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's make this a little more official. Let's do this right. So, Doc, why don't you do what you do and introduce this young lady? <laughs> I don't mind that at all. She's a good personal friend of mine. So this is going back about. I don't know. She's 16 years old now. My my sister's daughter's daughter. So would you call that a great niece? Leilani? Yes. So like yes. she's 16 years old now. And I think this is when she was eight or nine. And I just happened to have we have this big Bluetooth speaker in the kitchen. And I was on her radio station at the time. And I had my uh, great niece listening. And <clears throat> she's like, oh, I'd always want to call in. So I'm just, I'm sitting there messaging Jessica. I'm like, hey, just give a shout out to Leilani. She did that in shorter time than it took me to type it. She gave her a shout out live on there. And my great niece, Leilani, looked at me like, you're magic. And I'm like, no, Jessica's magic. I just sent a text. Sometimes it's good to know people. She's, she's a good person to know. Originally from Detroit, but she is an Orlando girl to the core. She's Puerto Rican, just like me father was in the, in the music business he actually played music himself mm -hmm. uh she has a huge eclectic taste even bigger than mine which is hard for me to admit grew up in the whole foster foster care program so she understands mm -hmm. that type of life and what it takes to make her who she is today she grew up on mtv bt and, and vh1 probably music box as well you know uh, it She's an old soul, but she bounces around. She's definitely in the pop, urban, R&B, whatever you want to call it. But now she's dibbling her little fingers in real estate as well and killing it there as well. I think you're even a notary public. Am I right with that? You are correct. Okay, I'm pulling this off the top of my head. Good job. Good memory. Because like Sometimes I'd be forgetting. I'm like, what are all my jobs again? And then other than that, um, she brings a very unique taste. And I'm new to the Orlando scene as of 14 years ago. So she's probably more my go-to of what Orlando is supposed to be about and how to give back to the community. So I, with from the bottom of my heart and the bottom of AM's and Candy's heart, give a warm welcome to Jessica Bonilla. Please, if I left anything else, pitch yourself. Let them know who you are if I didn't do a good job. No, you did fantastic. I mean, I've, like you probably remembered more than I do, to be perfectly honest. No, just that that's it. I'm a really simple person. I stay humble. I do what I do. I work hard. I play harder, you know, and music is my passion. Like that's always going to be something that I'm passionate about. And you are correct. And I'm so proud of you for admitting the fact that I listen to a lot more different kinds of music. I know that, that had to hurt a little bit. That is sting just a little bit. Um, no, but I do have probably one of the most eclectic music libraries in this brain of mine. It's, it's random. Before I really got to know you on your bio, I, you know, I had you as a friend on social media. You, 
your backstory really doesn't match your personality. I was like, wow. I think I told Dot, I, uh, he was like, hey, so what do you think about the bio? I said, I was like, wow. I just, I think resilience is the only word that I get from it. You know, I think being a, a woman of color coming out in an industry that's, you know, a lot of males, a lot of males kind of run it. Just your backstory is just amazing. Thank you. I tell everybody there, there isn't something that you can't do if you don't, you know, you got to put your mind to it, period. Like there are people that have come from worse situations that I have or different scenarios than I have and have succeeded beyond everybody's dreams or their capacity. So mm -hmm. I'm just proud to honestly be here. I know that sounds absolutely cliche, <laughs> but I am. I can tell that you mean it, but uh, we have a saying. We have a lot of taglines, a bunch of them that we we are not one. We are going to put these on shirts. Doc already know I say it all the time. That's a, that's a, that's a shirt. That's a shirt. But I gotta ask you, and I hope I'm saying this right, Miss Bonilla. Bonilla, correct. Hey, my Spanish is decent. Oh. What what you what you drinking? On? I originally was gonna go, go with sake because I've been on like an Asian food kick lately, but I changed my okay. mind and I just decided to go OG with it. So. Ooh. Today. What, you know, we just what kind of sake? What kind of sake you like? Oh, it was the Taiku coconut sake, but I drink all kinds of sake. Nigori sake, I drink hot sake, cold sake. I like sake. Oh. And ironically, Jessica, I have a sister-in-law named Saki. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to say this, where my brother-in-law met her was at Epcot, and Saki was selling and serving sake. I thought that was racist as hell. No, that's a bar. You know, there's so many things that could be done with that. Just, you know, I don't think they thought that through. <laughs> all right so jessica as you can see we are already been drinking it for a little while so you just got to catch up with us and it's going to get a lot of fun am you going to kick us off today we are entering the hot seat all questions no holds barred we're going to have a little fun with her and then we'll move on to the, the radio charts later we're definitely going to have some fun with you michigan to florida it's quite a change of scenery what do you miss most about detroit versus what's something that you hated most about it obviously i miss my family my whole family's there i'm a transplant um that's going to be the number one thing mom dukes is there brother's there go home all the time people still send me invites to things because they think i still live there because i'm always there but i also love fall i miss the beautiful fall colors of michigan just the weather unlike the bipolar weather of fall that is florida where it's 50 degrees at night and 1000 degrees during the day mm -hmm. right now um, I'm like, Doc, you can attest to that. You probably stepped outside this morning. It was like, yeah, it's nice. And you stepped outside again and you're like, okay, I'm going to burn today. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I, I hated is uh, winter. I don't really like winter either because now I'm a, I'm a tropical girl. I'm a Florida girl. I like the beach. I like the sunshine, blue skies. It's, it's very gray in Detroit. But also there was a a different mindset, I think, when you come from a major city like that, it's almost like people get stuck, right? They get stuck in this, you can't leave the hood mindset. And that's something that I really, really did not like. And it took me leaving the hood to understand that there's the world is just so much bigger, you know? I can relate with your answer for that to the core. Um, being from more upstate New York, Sleepy Hollow, shout out. <laughs> To the, to the cemetery there. Happy spooky season, bro. Like, yeah, this is your time to die. Ironically, <laughs> Halloween's my favorite holiday, too. But everyone Same. in the family, like, they're already putting up uh, Christmas decorations, and I'm the weirdo that's still like, what happened to Halloween? Like, Mariah Carey is not defrosted yet. Thank no, you. Yeah. But what I relate with you most is most of my family that's in 
in New York that hasn't moved to Florida or Puerto Rico, they haven't left like a six block radius. So when we hear that, like, you know, whatever your definition of trapped is, like what my definition of trapped mentality is you never leave, you leave your six box space. And it's like, I commend you for getting out of that and understanding that it's just, I don't, that mentality I can't even vibe with. It's like, what you explore adventure. There's so much more of the world to look at, you know? So Correct. Through your bios and social, your family and yourself have faced some significant hurdles related to health and caring for them. Explain a little how these experiences changed you or shaped you. A little. That's a complicated question. Um, <laughs> yes. Let's start with me. I'm very public about the fact that I have my own health struggles. I'm autoimmune. It's There's a lot of autoimmune illnesses. There's a lot of people, especially people of color, that struggle from autoimmune you name it, it's insert inflammation here. It's given a different name based on what body part or organ it attacks. For instance, psoriasis attacks the skin, you know, whatever the case may be. So I've had several loving, wonderful surgeries, organs taken out, things to stay alive. Like big pun said, I'm just trying to stay alive, bro. Got to do what I got to do. But also uh, last year, my mother was diagnosed with cancer, stage three uh, metastatic cancer. Uh, I quit most of my jobs, obviously, except for the radio job, because I can now take that with me. Technology is amazing. I can be broadcasting from the Bahamas in my room, you know, if I want to. So I packed up all my gear, quit the other jobs that I had here and went home to take care of Bob Dukes, because obviously that's priority number one. It stayed an entire winter in Detroit, by the way, which I have not done in 23 years. <laughs> so, whoo, car heart on heavy, y'all, like just layers upon layers. Um, but there's other challenges, right? You know, I, I talk about my history, my background. You guys know uh, I was raised in a crack house in Detroit. You know what I mean? I, I'm a child of the foster care system. Both of my parents got locked up. My mom went to prison. My dad went to jail. So there's always going to be issues with addiction that you have to deal with with different family members. There's, there's issues with health because of, you know, how we grew up. I grew up with food stamps, government food, you know, lack of education on nutrition. So it doesn't surprise me that a lot of things not only happen to myself, people in my family or people that we know, because there's things that we don't have access to when you come from certain neighborhoods and certain, you know, areas, if you will. So it, it shapes you because it's real. It changes your life because it's actually happening. And it's not usually until it's happening to you or someone you care about that you really actually give a damn about it. You're like, oh, okay, well, you have breast cancer awareness month, so what? And then your mom gets diagnosed with breast cancer and you're like, oh, wait, hold up. You know, um, after biopsies and testing and stuff, they determined that my mother's was ovarian cancer. That's the ribbon that you see here. That's for mom dukes, you know what I mean? But yeah, like I'm very family oriented. The reason why I moved to Florida, most people don't know this. I worked in radio in Detroit. Uh, I dropped all that because my dad got sick. So I moved to Florida to come here to take care of my dad. And he lasted about 10 and a half years, but he was an end stage kidney failure patient, severe diabetic, had amputations, the whole nine, there was a lot. So I had to do everything down to the very end, including unfortunately being the person to make the decision to take him off of life support. So it really does change your life when you have to deal with your own health issues, as well as, you know, issues of others. Crazy. My dad take well to dialysis. He was only on dialysis for about three and a half years. His body just didn't tolerate it well. Mm -hmm. Kept him alive though, but it's hard because once again, people of color, diabetes, yes. high blood pressure, high blood pressure yes. is what causes one of the major causes of kidney failure. The diets completely negate each other. 
So it's like one is high, higher carbs and sugar. The other one is lower protein, you know, and you have to go back and forth in this, find this magic place. So the fact that I was able to keep him, because let me tell y'all something about my dad. My dad was pimp daddy delicious. My dad was in these streets. My dad was bringing home the chicks. My dad did not look his age. Ain't nothing like going to the radio station, grabbing my stuff, going Oopsie. to the house. Oh, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> noise. Already? 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 My number four. Do I have to drink? My number, yes. yeah, we'll explain this in a second, but we have a bet amongst ourselves. So my number four, I feel very safe with, by the way. But anyway. My, my actual number is seven. Okay? My number is seven. <laughs> All right. Okay? Okay. I'm just going to drink anyway because I... All right. So, Jess, what, what you're dealing with floating above your and our heads is called a WFW, wrong fucking word of the week. If you've listened to our show yet or if you haven't, you are now yeah. going to experience it. It is tailor-made for you. And Mr. Word. Mr. Candelario was the one that picked it. He almost was going to go with radio and I wanted to choke him out on that mm -hmm. one. So, he said station or stations. Mm -hmm. So, anytime you or we, because I'm going to mess up on that term at least three times. Anytime, yep, we all pour a shot, and Candy can lead us in our little shot right here. Mm. And our listeners have to take a shot with us, too. So, sorry, I drank mine, have to pour oh. another one. I'll you taking a shot of a shoe. She taking a shot of a shoe. Yeah, I'm a shoe. Yes, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I went to Miami, I went to Grails. These are the, the little custom little shot glasses that you buy. I, mean, I missed it. I like it. Thanks. Right, Salute to you, Jessica. Thank you for joining us. This is gonna be a lot of fun. Salute. All right. All right. You made my life easy. I was about to explain that, and then you just said it. So I'm like, all right, never mind. So she got it. She took care of that for me. All right. My question's easy. Before we dive into your and my blood of music, if I asked eight or nine year old Jessica, like kind of like my great niece, mm -hmm. if I asked eight or nine year old Jessica what she'd want to be when she grew up, what would that be? Oh, that's easy. MTV VJ. Oh, wow. Even music. Facts. Easy answer. Day one. Love it. Love I swore it. I was taking over Carson Daly's job, like real talk. All right. So that made that too easy. Outside of music and real estate, uh, for another minute, what are two and three hobbies that you do with your little free time that you have? And when I say little, I mean you're busy. Uh, yeah, I'm always busy. And if I'm not busy, I'm gonna find a way to be busy and hopefully get some money from that. Um, <laughs> so I am an avid traveler. I travel, I've traveled the globe. Like I, I'm Dora the Explorer, Carmen San Diego. let's go. Ask for <laughs> do it. You know what I mean? Um, I'm a foodie. So that goes hand in hand. I love culture. I love food. So I, I'm, you know, I'm allergic to seafood though, which is very, what? I understand what? this. Oh. I know. I know. It's one thing I can't have, but I would say probably the third thing. I'm actually, despite my size, very outdoorsy. Like I kayak, I hike. I just went to Peru this year, hiked Rainbow Mountain, Machu Picchu, you know, that kind of stuff. So I hear you're as much of a twisted critic as we are. What's your three go-to favorite cocktails when you're going out? Hmm. hmm. I used to be a bartender, so that's always a subjective question. Okay. Depending on where I'm at, the environment, and what I'm doing. Because not every place will offer the same kind of alcohol. So, mm -hmm. if it's simple go-tos, I would say vodka, soda, water, lime. Because let's just be real, fat kid problems. You know, we gotta make sure <laughs> we do. Um, Moscow Mule. I love a good Moscow Mule. And 
I love a good pear or cucumber martini. Very refreshing. So, all right, I'm next up. So digging into your bio, and I didn't know this about you, Jessica. Um, we are both Stephen King fans. I'm a huge Stephen King fan. I have a theory and or superstition. Every yard sale I've been going to ever since 14 years old, if there's a Stephen King book, whether I own it or not, I'm buying it, usually for like a quarter or 50 cents. Interesting. I now have 64 Stephen King books in the other room. <laughs> wow. Um, so you being a Stephen King fan, let's test this a little bit. What's the first book or movie that introduced you to him? And what's your top three horror films of all time? First book was Pet Cemetery. First movie, though, I ever watched was The Shining with my dad. Yeah. Red Rom. Top three horror films would probably be, because I'm, I'm old school. Yes, we got new school. Because horror, there's subcategories of horror. You got like religious horror. You've got gory horror. You've got, you know like d-level movie it's a horror movie but it's great because it's just so bad it's good you know there's just so many things um and you know halloween's my favorite holiday too spooky season is here let's go um i would probably say the original nightmare on elf street one stephen king's the stand you know it's like the that's a long watch that's a long right. watch. a great movie but because in theory i'm not a religious person but in theory it could happen i'm like we're just dumb enough to just let this happen so that's just my mind my mentality on that um and as far as gore would go i would probably say saw okay what's something be it a flaw or habit or personality trait that you wish you could change about yourself Ooh. i think through self-discovery i've realized that my flaws are also my superpowers I will say that they are part of my personality. I am clinically diagnosed ADHD. I have been so since I was seven. I've been off medication by choice since I was 14. So your brain has to process different ways, neural pathways of how you process information, which is going to be differently than other people. Uh, because of that, I'm very analytical. <laughs> Not everybody likes that in the job, you know, workplace, like that might get on people's nerves because you're noticing things or seeing things. And they're like, no, this is, you do this because we said so. And you're like, but why like the the math ain't math and or the logic ain't you know making sense <laughs> that to me would probably be one thing and then also i'm not a self-organizer i can do for other people but for me because i'm an overthinker i'm like do i categorize clothing women we gotta listen we got clothing i got wardrobes for days okay seasons you name it i'll be out at black tie events and i'll be in the hood with whatever so you got to have a full wardrobe for these things. And I'm like, do I categorize it by season, color, you know, whatever size? Cause we go up and down in sizes too. You got to keep a full wardrobe. Um, well, I would rather make enough money to pay somebody to clean. I'm a cooker though. I'm in a hell, I'm a hell of a cooker. Yeah. We got a lot in common. I, it, it's yeah, funny that you said that because I, I'm not a real doctor, but because my name's doc, I have clinically diagnosed candy with extreme ADHD. My wife too. <laughs> I call him and I, I make the mistake. AM, I've made the mistake where I say, and you know, you know this better than anybody. Oh, I'm only going to talk uh, to Candy for 15 minutes. She's like, the hell you are. <laughs> and I'm a, serial, my fault. I'm a serial speakerphone person. So it's like, I'm, I got the slides open to make these for Jessica. And I'm like, Candy, all right, we got to close this out. And she goes, that, that fool like legitly like started seven different conversations with you and didn't answer your question. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> no, see, Candy, you got to bring it full circle though. 
That's the talent. The talent is you still have to answer every question and bring it full circle at the end, but there is a journey in the process of answering the questions. So we're going to need you to like really work on that ADHD a little bit, or maybe is he just ADD or is he ADHD? A little bit of a difference. Probably both. <laughs> Me and my sister call literally what y'all just said, called, we call it opening tabs. Yeah, and there's like 90 different open tabs. I get that. I, I can understand that. My friends call me Rain Man. So you have an uber electric taste of music. So I want two different personal Mount Rushmore's on who's your top four singers of all time and who's your top favorite rappers of all time. In order. So, yeah, your personal isn't going to be what's politically correct. It's your, what do you listen to? That's your top four singers. You want to hear their voice and top four rappers. Top four singers, I'm not going to do an order, Doc. I can't. I can't do that. That's too hard for me. Okay. My brain can't work that way because they're different. And actually, I'll give you five. Selena. Okay. 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 Luther Vandross. Nice. Adele. Whitney Houston. I was waiting for that one. And Hector Level. Ooh, that's a curveball. That's a dark horse. I like it. And rappers, Pac, Day One, Ace, Biggie, Day Two. Underrated rapper who I absolutely love is Scarface. And Wu Tang, I mean, everybody, come on, Wu Tang, it's, it's a collective collaboration, but you know, it's, it's Wu Tang's for the children. Like, you know. I'm, I'm sitting there staring, <laughs> looking for AM's face because, like, literally, his and my Mount Rushmore is when we, the pilot episode, we interviewed each other. Mm-hmm. And in both of our top fives, I know him well, and I didn't know Tupac, Biggie, and Scarface were in both of our top fives. So I'm, I'm, I'm very connected with you on that one. So interesting. Mine yeah. is very new school, but I will say this: my favorite rapper of all time, like I listen to him all the time, is Big Sean. He is from Detroit, so I, I love Big Sean. I don't. <laughs> and actually, I do love Eminem. He's in my top. I only gave you guys okay. a couple of my rappers, but yo, yo, AM. AM, what you missed was Tupac, Biggie, and Scarface was in her t- in her Mount Rushmore for rappers. I was proud. And then Wu Tang. Not forget. All right, my turn. Miss Dora the Explorer, like you call yourself. You and I are both foodies and travel fanatics. Mm-hmm. My favorite like, trip ever, life? because we weren't able to have kids until we have Hoseon now. Um, mm-hmm. We knocked out both of our bucket list trips. We did Athens, Greece for me, and we did Rome, Italy for her. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a big mythology nerd so i actually enjoyed both of those the next trip i want to do that's on my bucket list trip is um bucket list is uh egypt but for you what is your what is your top vacation spot you've ever been to and then what's your bucket list trip that you haven't done yet um top vacation spot thailand hands down amazing if you get a chance to go go it's expensive to get there just like anywhere else, you can get hustled. You just got to do your research in advance, but it is beautiful. The people are beautiful. The food is freaking amazing. To plan out your trip, though, because I happen to go during monsoon season, something I wasn't looking out for. Um, so my arrival <laughs> came in with a, lots of bangs and splashes. and you know, But it's okay. The rest of it was good. Um, bucket list. Uh, and also, lady boys are a real thing in Thailand. Just be aware. Um, it's wild. it is the business the business um and then bucket list trip is more of italy because you know me when i travel i like to do at least three countries on every trip so if i'm going to be on that side if there's something relatively close or if i'm flying to or from i can hit different places in different spaces uh i did 
Venice, Italy, and I like Island Hop, Murano, Bruno, Bruno, and Punta Sabioni, but I didn't do Rome. I didn't do the Amalfi Coast. I didn't do Pompeii and Herculaneum. I'm big on history and, you know, the humanities, the arts. You got to do Pompeii and you got to try pizza out there in Naples. You'll never t- taste a pizza different than, or like the same as Naples in Naples. So. Correct. That's basically where pizza started. And then Tuscany for wine and the food. And like, I just need like a solid month in Italy. Candy and Doc are all booed up. So since you and me, we're navigating our crazy single dating scenario scenes and whatnot, what's the worst date? The worst date that you have ever been on? Oh, takes a second. Been a lot of dates. Um, <laughs> yeah, Wint was dating a guy that was trying to do music stuff here in Central Florida, by the way, Doc. Maybe somebody you met. Um, oh, no. <laughs> Can I curse? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolute fuck boy. So how about I go, we're like, it's Valentine's Day weekend, right? Rent a hotel in Daytona Beach, cause you know, I work, I gotta be closed back and forth, you know, and this is before I could take my radio stuff with me. So if I'm on the air, at least it's only like a 45 minute drive from Daytona back to get in the building. You know what I mean? So we go, I got like, a signed bottle of Bel Air because, you know, that's when it was like first coming out and everybody was like, I'm like, all right, well, happy Valentine's Day, whatever. We're going to beach, supposed to be romantic, all this jazz. And um, why is this fool taking pictures of this stuff like in a hotel or in the beach and like positioning like influencer style, like pictures or whatever. But he's checking in from Miami Beach, telling people that he in Miami and yeah. <laughs> I literally was like looking at the socials, like you need to change the check-in. Like that's not where we're at. It was a whole argument. I'm waiting to see, I'm waiting to see the status. Took my girl, Jessica to Barbados. I'm like, wait, what? That's not where we are. It's the wrong place. AM, AM, I'm going off script of of this, not strip, script of this. (laughs) The alcohol game to you. I'm asking. The element that y'all didn't tell me about? (laughs) <laughs> I'm asking both of you, Am and Jessica, this question since we, me and Candy, are the boot up ones. Apparently, you both pride yourself. I know you both very, very well. So you both pride yourself in like not being locked down yet, and someone claiming you. I'm not locked down. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> an Orlando hit, by the way, guys. T r e a l. Shout out to Trio. Okay. So anyways, um, for both of you, just you know, no story. Just Ooh. when was the last time y'all both could claim that you were somebody's significant other? Does less than three months count? I mean, if that's what you call, like if you called someone like your boyfriend and then AM said, oh, this is my girl or whatever, you know. You want to go? I can go. I mean, I I had somebody that I allowed that opportunity for like two months last year and then quickly realized that that was going to be a mistake. So, and then before that, it was six years prior to that. Mm. Jack, we, we similar. We similar. Seven years. And then I had probably was three months as well with a co-worker. Uh, I would definitely consider her close enough to being an ex. See, you said co-worker. Bruh. Yes. Bruh. <laughs> That's Yo, there's, there's rules to this that we have in Florida. There are stories, and I know it. In the office place. That's dangerous territory. I mean, if it comes with a raise, I would have just finished that myself. I, I, I have a strict rule. Don't get honey where you get money from, so. Don't shit where you. I use honeys to make money though. Oh my gosh. 
All right, so let's wrap this back into music now. So I know you and I know a lot of the same people, and I'm actually learning it like by the week, actually. It's kind of scary. Um, me growing up in South Florida, though, this is a weird connection that you and I have. Mm-hmm. I lived in South, in West Palm Beach for 26 years, and I was an alum at FAU in Boca Raton. And I would try endlessly to get my music on the, the radio there, 99 Jams in Miami, and through many events and networking, and me wearing camouflage everywhere I go, apparently. I met DJ Nasty and his staff a handful of times my sophomore year of college. I only got one song playing the radio, but tell me quickly the story of how you linked up with him and what did you do in what regard? How did you work with him? I mean, it all started here in Orlando. I I started working at 102 Jams, the hip hop station here in Orlando in January of 2002. Oh, hold on, hold on. Oopsie. Oh, fuck. She said hip hop station. Did she? Oh, no. (laughs) Look at my hand. We had four, yo. So, yo, Candy, we're going to be talking later. <laughs> so back to that. Anyway, we worked at one or two jams together. When I when I came there, I started in the promotions department. I had zero intention of being on air. Because let's just be real. This is when I was over 100 pounds heavier. I'm a Puerto Rican girl coming from an 80% black city that's weird and listens to NSYNC too, but also listens to Tupac on, on heavy rotation, you know what I mean? And maybe a little bit of Trick Daddy in between, you know, just TWD, let's go. Um, it, it was just a different experience. So a lot of people didn't know what to do with me. So I'm in the promotions department. That's where I'm at. Um, he was one of our mixers, you know, and this is back in the day, you know, he, he was still just mixing, wasn't producing really yet. Him and his brother, Lenny, they're nasty beat makers you know they're the ones that produced a lot of stuff Khaled obviously used to come all the time as well really uh, him in productions DJ Caesar and, and DJ Nasty kind of helped fuel Khaled's mixing career to begin with like learning how to mix and all that stuff and passing out the mixtapes here in Orlando as well uh so yeah like Nasty's fam like we we go way 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 back He's known me since I was like 21 years. I, in fact, I spent my 21st birthday working Matrix and Metropolis, two <laughs> clubs here in Orlando for one of two jams. Does Metropolis even exist anymore? I had none of that. Point Orlando, I don't even know what any, but those were hot. When, they was hot and popping when they was hot and popping. Like the two clubs, like right across from each other. And both of them, we had something going on at. So but, you know, it's been amazing to watch his growth, you know, as, a, as both a human, as a person in the industry, as a dad, you know, a family man, like there's just so much change. And I'm always proud to see my people and what they do with what they have. You know, his brother is also a very good talent. You know what I mean? Um, they make very good music together. He's cool. You know, you know, Nasty's always going to be a funny cat. Like he he's hilarious. hilarious. Like, I, Bro, come on now. But um, he's good at what he does. And I got the opportunity to watch him really perfect his craft over those years, you know, on air. So I love that. Yeah, it's it just crazy. Like when you mentioned that when we were on the phone, I was like, man, I met him a long time ago. I was that little snot nosed kid in in the camo that he he probably was given a cold shoulder until they finally played one song. <laughs> the funniest- he probably didn't even see you. You're wearing camouflage. <laughs> Stop the madness. Um, the funniest thing though is that I met his wife long before I met him. Oh wow. She's from she's from the Detroit cool. metro area. And when we saw, I was like, you look familiar. She's like, you look familiar too. Turns out we're from the same hood. 
if you've met a lot of celebrities through the years, can you remember any one or two that are like the kindest celebrities you met? And then one or two, which were like the biggest assholes. I would say Method Man was one of the kindest. It took time for him to break his shell because he came in really kind of at a not having had a good day and happened to come in when we were interviewing him and he just literally had his hoodie on and was not having a good day, kept putting his head down. I was like, yo, you need anything? What's up? Had a conversation because I have family in New York. So I started talking to him about that. And then he like started perking up and then just started getting good. And then he did a show at the House of Blues and like he he invited us all backstage, asked that's everybody awesome. they want to smoke real talk. That's what that's what meth going to do. Same thing Snoop going to do, you know, whatever the case may be. I actually don't smoke, so I had to turn that down. But I was like, I appreciate the invite very much. But he just ended up being a really upbeat, happy, energetic guy after that. You know what I mean? It's like night and day. So super cool. Fat Joe, really, really good guy. Really nice guy. Uh, I've met a lot of people. It's really hard for me to remember. Those were good, though. Oh, Robin Thicke was very nice, too. Robin Thicke was super dope. Um, Okay, that's cool. Not so nice, and it hurts my soul to say this. Oh, it's good down to spill the tea. Candy, you've seen some of my photos. Doc, you've seen some of my photos. Am I don't know if you've seen my socials, but I have not, not yet. Not yet. We're gonna. I'm gonna add you. I'm gonna add you. I'm a mixed Hispanic female, right? My dad is black. He's a black Hispanic, and my mom is a light skinned Hispanic. So I'm a mixed Hispanic female. But when my hair is straight, and if I'm like blonde or whatever, people think I'm white. It is what it is. I never take offense to it. But when people see me with my curly hair, like they know, oh, you know, even in Detroit, it was like, which one's black, your daddy or your mom? You know, this is pressed into place. Okay. Um, Common came through and really kind of wasn't even paying. I was asking questions, trying to lead him. You know, this is what I do for a living, like rolling you through, just like trying to get some drops and like whatever. He's like, I, he basically was like, I root for everybody black, is what he said to me. And I said, Okay. Did you want to? <laughs> oh my you God! Do not think that Puerto Ricans have African blood ro- rolling through our veins. I'm, I'm not That's understanding. Wild. you. I mean, we can go there. <laughs> yeah. forever. <laughs> but we're not. Because I could have showed you a picture of my dad, and you would have been like, "Oh wait, hold on. I didn't." Okay, so not, let's not, not even do that. Candy, what I'm doing that is not Wakanda forever. What she's describing of herself is a lot of us Puerto Ricans. So, like, my dad is. He looked, people thought he was Indian, like he was red, black. And my mom is Italian and Slovakian, so she's white, but she speaks Spanish because she's Puerto Rican by injection. Yeah. So it's like, we legitly are like one dark skin and one light skin. That's why I did that. Like, so it's like, I can really relate to what she said. And it's like, I'm shocked. Common of all people, she said. That's crazy. Yeah, and that's why I said it hurts me. So The Light is one of my favorite albums of all time. Like, I love Common and... I was like, I don't see no light. I just want to knock your lights the fuck out. <laughs> um, she, she said basically, your album's like water for chocolate, but all you care about is chocolate. That's what she said. Correct. You know, I'm sitting here like, okay. And I don't know if he'll ever recall that interaction, nor do I have any reason to bring it up. But at that time, I was just like, all right. Another person who was very dismissive of me was John Legend, which also sucks because I loved, he's such an amazing artist. I loved his music. He was very dismissive of me that day. Like, and another worst celebrity I've met was Cameron Diaz. Really? No. Right. Shocker. 
She wouldn't really? sign any autographs for, for kids because, I mean, and I get it. You know, there's a lot of parents that will go sell it on eBay or whatever. Yeah. You know? You're not the, you're not the first person to say Cameron Diaz, though. Like, I know people that work in, like, the hotel industry, and they're, like, she, not only does she not tip, but, like, she's actually really mean to hotel staff. And I'm, like, what? Yeah. What? Oh, so she, she's a POS. She's a piece of shit, then. Piece of shit. Yeah, somebody, yeah somebody, I mean, you, if you're rude to hotel workers, anybody in the service industry, you're a piece of shit. Correct. And, and no I'm way around it, yeah. Way, I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm going to watch, especially on a date, I'm going to watch how you treat the people, how you treat the staff. Mm -hmm. I worked in well, I mean, you as a bartender, I, I used to mm -hmm. work as a bartender and as a waiter. It, I'm able to navigate around every type of racist people, old, cranky people, people who are just pieces of shit. But, like, it's crazy how many of them are, are out there and are comfortable being disrespectful. Yeah. Correct. I heard the same thing about Common, though, and I, and it's, it's, I heard it recently. But... Mm -hmm. But, 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 uh, I want to make sure I'm asking the right question. Could you briefly tell us about how you originally, say it for me, how, how'd you get into radio and what types of dudes, dudes, do Jesus fucking shit. All right, what don't again. Do I have to pay to be in the industry? For a moment, tell us how you broke into radio and what types of dudes you had to pay to work yourself up to an on-air personality. That's so complicated. Um, story time. <laughs> That's why I read it like that. But shit. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, so fun fact, people that come from my neighborhood, these kind of jobs are not something you find out about, you know, about opportunities that are not afforded to you. I always knew I wanted to be an MTV VJ, right? So here I am, 17-year-old me, won second row tickets to NSYNC from a radio station. Yep, sure did. Not gonna lie about it. Hey, day one. Um, see the tent, see the people, the promo people back there. And I said, how do you do what you do? Like, how did you get into this? Like, how, you know, how do people get into this? Um, Medicaid back there told me he went to a specific broadcasting school, yada, yada. Literally the next day I was enrolled. My first day out of high school was my first day in broadcasting school. Wow. Okay. Um, and I did that, didn't take a break. And I got my first job. Well, let me lie, not lie. Three months in, I got my first internship. Cause I turned into a job. So I'm like, you know. You could call an internship a job, you're working. Okay, well, it was my first unpaid job. <laughs> first internship uh, at the no number one station in the market. We and are drinking again. Oopsie. Yeah. Oh, oh no. You see that, hey. right? I'm I'm like, Jessica, Jessica, I'm watching you like a hot now. <laughs> Hey, look, Doc, because I ain't gonna lie, bro. She she done she done got us. My over, my over is seven. I'm just letting y'all know. My over. Just Jessica, our bet earlier, he's being very modest. How many times seven. I'll say it? Yeah, oh, how many better. times will will all say it? Not just you, but um oh, okay. Candy and AM were going with the two and a half over and under, and I said at least over four. So I was happy. Yeah, hello. I say it every day. Like that I would have not bet low on Ooh. that. Come on now. Who's who who don't know how to bet here? Come on. Okay. I did win four hundred bucks. That's all I'm saying. Oh my god! I did you win four hundred dollars on the over under, but not against me. <laughs> not against you. <laughs> He's new to it. Football and me saying that word probably you can bet on if you know your team. Okay, other things not so much. That's a word that I literally use every day. Yeah, um, that's why I'm, happy. I'm betting on uh, Nigerian tennis. Oh my Indian god! Cricket. Wow. I don't see the relevance of Nigerian tennis. Squirrel, butterfly, ADD pops out. Um, 
<laughs> shiny. Um, so with that being said, it it was a good experience. I ended up hey, going, you good? I ended up going to an oldies. Um, you know the word. I ended up going to work for it was a Motown sound for there. So our first anniversary when that station flip was Aretha Franklin, the OJ, Smokey Robinson, like all of the Detroit Motown sounds. So I had that amazing experience as well, working there. And then got that call about dad and had to make that move. So, yeah. That's what Paid dues. I did not know, I didn't know did not know you dove into that right after high school. That's that's okay. damn impressive actually. So yeah, like I just you know, I was one of those people that always knew that I was not meant to stay where I was. If I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life per se, I knew that I didn't want what I saw my friends going through. You know, four mm-hmm. kids, three different baby daddies, you don't get out the hood, you you know, you learn how to work the welfare system, you know, and meanwhile, today I'm doing, I'm hosting black tie events with multimillionaires. I'm going to galas. I'm, I'm selling $1.3 million homes. You know, I'm doing very professional related things. And these are things that I never thought I would do. I love diversity. I, that, that diversity is my superpower, my ability to do so many things, what has afforded me opportunities in this world that I never thought would happen. Doors that opened that shouldn't have been open to people like myself, but you have to be willing to be flexible, not change who you are. You just have to be willing to flexible, be flexible in how you present yourself to people. Okay. I like that. All right. So working in radio this many years that you have here, what you dreamed about in Detroit, everything, what's your biggest one or two misconceptions you had beforehand about how radio worked that really wasn't correct? Oh, everything. <laughs> everything about how the industry works is absolutely not correct by how I thought. Um, it is a business. And I think that that's the, the biggest misconception is people think it's just all play. It is a business. There's a lot of research that goes into it. The people that you hear on the radio, we know that there's so many choices and we are truly grateful for the people that do take the time to listen to us, right? It's hard. We are working with our hands tied behind our back. You might have a seven second intro. Your boss tells you you can't stop the music. You got to get all your words in. You know what I mean? They think that we choose what we want to say all the time. Not quite the case. We just put our own personalities into it. Right. It is tough to be in this industry as well, because another common misconception is that we make a lot of money. My radio paycheck gets direct deposited into mommy's account. I don't even see it. We do not make a lot of money. We'll make money off of things like our endorsements or our appearances or our club nights, those kinds of things, but being actually on the air. Now, there are people that do make a lot of money, all right? You get your syndications, you get your contracts, you get your your agents, you're in major markets or in markets that are union. You know, you have the ability to do those things, but not the average everyday radio personality. I love that answer. Me too. That is, Candy, that's a clip. <laughs> that, yeah, that's a clip. So I'm very big on also diversity. I, I always want to see a whole lot of different people in different stages, different companies. But uh, you mentioned frustration with gender, race, and pay discrimination. As a woman of color, talk some more about how it's affected you. 
Oh, this has been since I was born, fresh out the womb, bro. Been fighting this fight. Women still in this industry traditionally get paid less in broadcasting period. Doesn't matter if you're in television, even in podcasting, even in things that you would think that women would make more. It's still a very male dominated industry. Also, women are not, they're, they're starting to do some work on that a little bit better, but it's definitely not where it should be. Women, if you look at the demographics for most radio stations, Oopsie. Oh, fuck. Music listening apps, most podcast apps, and television broadcasting, the number one demographic that everybody is targeting is me. I'm who everybody wants to get. I control the dollar of the household. Even if the man makes more money, it's the woman who's usually controlling where that money goes. So Max. the science is there, right? Yep. The science is there that we are the demographic, yet nobody wants to listen to us. It's like <laughs> we try to give our feedback, we try to give our input. That's wild. How are you gonna appropriate my culture and, and <laughs> who I am and what I do? Sir, have you ever used a tampon? Please don't tell me how to talk to anyone. Okay? Calm yep. down. All right. Yep. Not for sure. Um, mm -hmm. And, and that's the kind of thing. So it's like, oh, well, you could be a little bit more this way or you can do this a little bit this way. And I'm, you will deadpan look at them like mansplaining. Okay, got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it sucks. We will still traditionally get paid in most jobs a, at least a dollar less per hour, if you will. But salary wise, mm -hmm. the salary gap in radio is very dramatic. And they tend to syndicate more men than they do women. There's not a lot of women, like women who I love, like Angie Martinez, Dana Cortez. Super you know, there are some women that are amazing and they are doing what they can to shatter those glass ceilings, break down those barriers for us. But it takes a very special company and type of people to actually listen to them and make it work. But you see how far they can go when you do, you know, mm -hmm. they won't take the risk. So for the artists listening, what would, be your three <clears throat> best pieces of advice on how to better attempt to get airplay. Honestly, it used to be you come to radio first. We don't break records anymore. That's our truth. We don't break records. So you need to go to the socials and find a way to get yourself out there via the socials, get yourself heard. Because even when you're looking at labels, rarely do they have an A&R department anymore. They're not doing artist development. They want you to come semi prepackaged, semi known uh, with, with music. So even if you have masters that are a little bit rough, send them out, play it. See if you can get it moving on, on TikTok, on, on Instagram, on whatever social is your platform. Obviously, TikTok is very, very large for music because it's got its own charts. You know, so find a way to start incorporating. And I'll, I'll use like Paul Russell, Little Boothang. That song came became a hit because of TikTok, right? And, like and it's dope too. It's really dope too. And we're just now starting to play it on radio. And I've been I've been messing with the song since it first debuted, like in my reels. And you know, so that is kind of the way. Start going to places and getting your music out there, but getting it played live somewhere, getting video of that being played on like reels and getting that social movement because that's how people are going to start hearing it and knowing about you and getting yourself picked up that way. Makes sense. I, I guess it's me next up. What type of aspects made you start to dabble working in real estate coming from radio? Money. I, I like money. love that answer. Real talk. I like nice things. I bought a house. I have a mortgage. 
have never ending insurance problems right now because they live in Florida. So then there's that. Um, oh, that's right. I saw that on your socials. Yeah. Yet again. Hey, <laughs> <It's like, laughs> I'm moving out of the state of Florida. Okay. Everybody else is moving in. I'm not understanding the discrepancy here. Um, so with that being said, uh, it really, I was always one of those people that drove around and looked at real estate, right? Like no matter where I'm going, I'm noticing things. I'm looking at houses. I have a cousin who's a broker in Michigan. I've always liked real estate to a certain extent. And I've always been interested in the actual building of homes. I love architecture. Mm-hmm. And everybody always said, you'd be great at real estate. I just never did it because I don't like sales. I'm not a salesperson. It's not who I am to the heart of me. But I understand that I'm capable of selling, but I'd rather help people. And I think mixing my desire to help others, because I'm always going to put a hand down. Always. It's always a hand down. No, no matter what level I am at, I'm going to try to help pull people up with me because we don't, people don't have that kind of help all the time. And I also firmly believe that if somebody learns from me and they're able to take those skills and surpass me, I am proud. That means I knew what the hell I was talking about. I gave them a great foundation to just soar, right? Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I was like, all right, I'm good at helping people. I like money. I like houses. It's kind of like just a no brainer. Let me just try real estate for a second. But the funny thing is that I applied for a marketing job at a builder. And five mm-hmm. interviews later, I left with the sales job. Hey, 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 there are some there are some uh skills that came over from the radio side that uh that that made you better fit for that. I was like, I've never done real estate prior to that. So I was like, no, they're like, oh, we think you'd be great at sales. I was like, okay, but I really, I'm good at marketing. Like I know marketing well, marketing promotions. That's what I've done for no. like 20 years. <laughs> and they're no. like, no, no, you'd be good. Like, no, we think you'd be listen, great. Listen, you speak good. You look good. You right. know, relate to people that want to. casual look, y'all. I dress up well. I clean up very well. You this speak good. You clean up well. You, you <laughs> can relate to people that don't want to spend money, but that want to buy a house that they have to right. spend money. So it's and like. And I can make the math math. Yes. That's the yeah. other thing. I'm very good at making the math math. And it's got to make sense as long as people are realistic and understand and actually do what I say. They're going to be just fine. Um, because I keep it 100 regardless. That's one thing about me. I never compromise my integrity for anyone or anything. I'm always going to consistently be me. I'm going to be very fair. I'm going to be very realistic and I'm going to be very honest at all times. People may not like it, but that's part of who I am. So wouldn't you appreciate that when you're buying a house? Yes. You know? um, but yeah, like then they were like, well, the money's a lot more. If you take the sales job, I was like, what are we talking about here? How much more? So, yeah. And then I ended up doing real estate even through the pandemic, which was a whole weird time. How was it around? Was it you're able to do it or? Oh, no, I I made the most money I've ever made in my life. So I I got the next question coming up. If you could share a drink, beer or coffee with any living or dead person, who would it be and why? Do I have to tell you like what kind of drink? Like what do we talk about? Preferably, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Absinthe with Jimi Hendrix would be interesting, but no. Um, let me let me just say, living or dead, is this like recent dead or like can go far back as far back as as far it's back on, as you it's want? On you for sure. Like when when they asked me this question, I it was a my dad was a big Johnny Walker drinker, so mm-hmm. it's like I want my dad passed away when I was eighteen, nineteen. 
So I said John, a shot of Johnny Walker, my dad. So, I mean, it's, it's on you. I was about to say, uh, the funny thing is I was about to say my dad because there's so many questions that I didn't ask when he was alive that I yeah. don't have answers to that I would like to have answers to because I spent so much time pushing him and that culture of the 3 a.m. jam sessions in our living room away because I'm like, no, I'm going to be focused. I'm going to be successful. I got to work and go to school. I got to put my headphones on, go to bed while there's like, Lalo Rodriguez or Frankie Luis in my living room, you know what I mean? Everybody's like jamming out that I didn't appreciate it during that time frame when he was alive. So there's things that I understand now, obviously, as I've grown and I've gotten older and matured a little bit that I respect more. And I wish I had asked questions with my dad and a drink. I would probably say my dad was a beer drinker. I'm not a big beer drinker, but I think I would make him something that I would drink. I think I would have him try like a Moscow Mule or something like that. Cause he did like ginger ale. So, you know, I think I would do that. Cause like I said, I, I never asked questions. You know, you just kind of grow up and you're a little bit bitter cause you got to take care of the parent, right? You're like, I'm making your insulin three times a day. I'm cooking you the food, but you went to Popeye's with your homeboy and now we about to fight. You know what I mean? So you didn't really appreciate as, as am is as am is eating Popeye's. <laughs> oh that's funny this is not this is not Popeye's. he's like it's churches it's not Popeye's. this is mince, this is mince pork i love it it's crazy this is his last one on here but i like asking this question to see what people think in your opinion what is more meaningful loyalty or respect? And could you tell me why you choose which answer that you choose? I believe that both are actually part of the same. One, they go hand in hand. If you're loyal, you're going to give respect. If you respect somebody, you're also going to be loyal. I don't really see a difference between the two. So for me, I kind of think they're intertwined. You can't really have one without the other. Because the day you disrespect me is the day you also disloyal to me. That's it. And the day you're disloyal to me, you've also disrespected me. Interesting. I I love this question because it's like it shows the personality and like mental state of people that we asked it to. So because there's no correct answer. Mm -hmm. I I love it. So. All right. That was the hot seat. You survived through it. You lived through it. We're going to get dive into radio. I'm going to try my best to fire through this because I know we ha- we hung on to you for that, but I loved your story, so I'm happy that you told them. So, Segment five is 100% facts. With this segment each week, we'll start to dig into the guts of radio success and what I do for work and facts about how artists and perf- are performing at radio level and how I chart these charts and track Ooh. them and we pay artists. My favorite part of, of work, and you actually said it, the math is math. In. Chart math means more to me than people. And it's kind of sad. Oh, yeah, like I know, like the it's cliche, like men lie, women lie, but numbers don't. But it really does. It's like unless you yeah. skew the numbers, the numbers don't lie to me, but people definitely lie to me. So we are gonna go over the number one spot. Candy, lead us into it. So the number one spot. So let's look at the who performed the best at radio last week. It's not the tippy top chart spot at Urban National Radio formats. Bongos is gonna be Cardi B featuring Megan The Stallion. Over six six thousand two hundred and thirty five spins per day last week. I tried to get fancy in my mouth, but it didn't work. They didn't get a plaque yet, but successfully, it's on its way to a gold plaque. Currently peaking at number three on Rhythmic Club charts as well. 
It was shipped on 9-8-23 by Atlantic Records, debuted at 33 on Urban and 46 on Rhythmic Club stations, and we're taking a drink for me saying stations. Oopsie. <laughs> oh, fuck. In writing. My slides, In- Jessica, my slides are going to get me fucked up. Watch. This is number seven. Right. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. All I heard was four. Like, I keep hearing four. So funny. Number seven. That is really strong mead, by the way, guys. Anyways, um, math in the math, math, in the math. Um, debuted at number thirty-three at Urban and forty-six in Rhythm Club radios, and has climbed in the last two months that it's been on air. Produced by a committee of motherfuckers, we good Brian Isaac for the thirties and DJ Swinko. It's an up-tempo percussive Latin spice thumper with a twerky bassline and raunchy sequel energy lyrics that I don't really feel, but it's number one anyways. <laughs> Early September on our Bump It or Dump It panel, all of us were presenting and reviewed. One of us predicted correctly and two are wrong. Jessica, do you want to guess which one of us is right? You know, that's a tough one because the only thing is me knowing Doc you know that the songs that you don't necessarily like still might chart just based on what they are. So I'm going to have to go with Doc. Correct. I predicted 20 to 30 urban and 35 to 45 on club. I wasn't really feeling it. AM predicted 20 to 30 urban and 30 to 40 in club. And Doc predicted top 10 club and top 10 urban. Yeah, congrats, Doc. Congrats. (laughs) Cardi and Megan. Come on, people. Cardi yeah, that's no. what I'm saying. Like, if you yeah. know the demographics of who's listening, like it may be a song that you're not feeling, but you know it's going to chart just because of who's listening to it. And I always tell myself to do that better. Sometimes I don't do it that well, uh, but I do know that star power is star power, and it's going to carry the song more than the uh, song itself will carry the song. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to do new breaking singles. Here we highlight which new songs are breaking and entering urban radio charts. And we had three debuts this past week. So we got Drift by DJ Mac featuring TJ. Shits Radio on 8-31-23, debuting at number 43 Urban with over 826 spins per day last week. Distributed by Warner Music, produced by DJ Mac, also debuting at number 50 on Rhythmic Club. An interesting controversy with the song is TJ claims it's his while the producer DJ Matt claims he owns it and just features TJ. For a minute there, they were de- threatening to sue each other. Hey, Doc, do you know what went down with this? Yeah, so they are still threatening to sue each other. Um, but to surprise to everyone, it went viral, like super TikTok viral, 188 million plus views on TikTok. So like, kind of like Jessica said, like money is a good motivator for people not to sue each other. So yeah. I noticed when I shipped out to you guys, I sent the one that was the, the disc I got in the mail. The CD cover is now different than the one I get sent to you guys. So I think they mm-hmm. kind of adjusted it where it's not DJ Mac featuring TJ. Now it's like Drift by TJ, which is really weird. So I'm like, I don't know who to believe there, but. Who owns the copyright? Um, I looked it up. They both own the copyright. <laughs> so I mean, it would be 50-50. You know yeah, I mean? but they're fighting over that 50-50. Man, that's wild. Hey, let's both share the money. That's the way I work. But anyway. Yeah, for sure. It's um, one hit. That'll be all right. It's one hit. Yeah. Be right. 
Uh, the second breaking single that's debuted on charts this week is Fan by Offset. It's the second single off his previous released album on October 13th already. Uh, it was shipped on 9-18-23, debuted at number 44 on Urban Radio with over 767 spins per day last week on average, distributed by Motown and, and Capitol Records. It's produced by another big-ass committee of FNZ, Teddy Walton, Thank You Fizzle, Aaron Bow and 30. I'm getting mad 30. at how many producers are on the list of these records lately. 30 people, basically. 30. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, it was buzzing a minute due to a Michael Jackson thriller-related music video that was actually pretty dope. But Warner Music quickly switched the budget from this record, took it away, and they gave it to his third single, Worth It, featuring Don Tolliver as the next single. So I have some reservations on how well this record will do. Last but not least oh, is going to be Crash Outside Texas. <laughs> it was shipped on 8923 and debuted at number 45 via Urban with over 758 spins per day last week, distributed by C3ENT, which should be sent penalty records slash Columbia. And that's going to be self produced by Beat King. So, so I get it. Like, it, it's not great. It's not maybe good, but it's not hateable. So, and since Hear My Voice Entertainment and just us Twisted Critics are good like that, we each have actually reviewed a majority of these in the past, starting with TJ, DJ, Matt, Drift. I didn't get to review that week, but Jessica, are you familiar with the single? If I've so, heard a snippet of that single, but I have not heard the whole song. Because, you know, hook tapes, you already know Doc, okay. how that works. A lot of times the song could be garbage, but the hook is bomb, and then we know it's going to get airplay based on that. So, Jessica, so, put your faith in Mr. A and Mr. Doc, and we actually, we actually disagree. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm waiting for the rest of that sentence. But... It starts with me. All right, so what I said, the beat is very clean on this. I may not know who it, who is who. <laughs> I don't know who these niggas are. My bad. But I enjoy the vibe so much. The hook is fun. And I can see this played in movies, nightclubs, and everything about this is energetic, and I like it. Thirty forty club, and then I said it's not going to chart in urban. Gave it a week bump. Yeah. So my same thing, same date, nine twenty six. What I shipped to, in fact, to their label was it's dramatic dance hall and Afro blend for clubs from the Jamaican producer DJ. Possible lawsuits in both directions aside, I'm gonna ignore that for one second. The beat consists of hi-hats, eerie keys, camera sound effects, and thumpy bass having a unique energy that makes me move. I do agree with AM on that. It does The energy makes me move. The la bet me fuck you up in ya. <laughs> really, I'm sorry. Like AM, like I like and I can speak a little patois, but like it's aggressive. Like, it's very aggressive. Like, I mean... Yeah. Is it a lot of dance hall though? I'm just, you know. <laughs> yes. Can we say, can we say raunchy dance hall? Maybe a ratchet dance hall. Maybe. Have we listened to 1990s dance hall? I'm just. Uh, yeah, but it wasn't that bad. <laughs> Sir. Vocals are a bit overmixed to me. I'm Not sure. Old school mixtape. She said, she said, Sir. Vocals are a bit undermixed to me. I'm not sure if it's patois or Nigerian music as well, because that Afrobeat influence. But I can't make out 70% of the lyrics, and I understand patois. Like, that's the part I'm having a hard time. 
cool rhythms, but I prefer to understand a song. So I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. It's viral. So that and the controversy of the lawsuits helps it chart. I'm guessing 35 to 45 at Urban and 40 to 50 at Club before the legalities get worked out and it falls off the charts. So I weak dumped it. I didn't hate it. I disliked it. All right. So second single that debuted last week is going to be Offset's Fan. All three of us did it and all three of us bumped it. And I'm going to start with me. What I said was the lyrics I've heard in this order before. <laughs> it started slow, but it heated up as the song went on. I heard the Juicy J production and the influence in the song. Uh, and by the song's end, I feel like he should have leaned in that direction a lot sooner. It was a fun song by the final minute, but it was short. The beat was dope and the mixing was nice on all parts, in my opinion. 40-50 Urban, and I gave it a non-chart in club. Oh, also a weak bump. It's going to be higher than 9 a.m. I believe you. <laughs> I feel like somebody's going to come in on a feature. Yeah, a remix would be really dope to this. Um, the beat wasn't bad to me. Um, on ten seventeen, I faxed their label. Lots of Memphis in this, produced by committee of FNZ, Teddy Walton, Thank You Fizzle, Aaron Bow, and Thirty. It starts with low dramatic keys. Offset leads heavily in the melodic auto tune bag, which I'm not the biggest fan of, but it worked here. Suddenly drops into an energetic bassy club thumper, and he starts spitting like actually spitting lyrics. Surprisingly clean mix on his verse vocals, better than previous songs from him. Mm -hmm. Okay lyrics, good delivery of not trusting a girl being faithful, but then how quickly he smashed her. So I was a little confused there, but I'm okay with Are that. Are you? Really? I'm a good guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you know people. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I know people. <laughs> his tone and character fits the beat very well though, and the chorus does go hard. It actually has strip club appeal as a DJ. I think I would play this as a strip club record. I appreciate the clarity and I prefer him experimenting with this type of vibe over any Migos vibe that he does. That mumble triplet trap flow, I'm not a fan of. But when he starts spitting like Juicy J, I'm a fan of it. Likely 20 to 30 at Urban and 30 to 40 on Club. Weak bump. I said it's a different opposite, but I like it. I can see a lot of people feeling it for sure. The beat was good. He switched it up in a good way. The song did better as it went on. Pretty solid but it was a bit short. That's kind of everything I wrote on there. I gave it 25 to 35 urban. I gave it a weak bump. I like your rating. I think you should have considered club format radio. I just, I'm not, like, like Doc, you know what, what's around my, my area. We don't even, Jessica, we don't even have an urban radio station. Oh, they were drinking on the- Oopsie. Oh, oh fuck. That part, I didn't do it. Uh, yeah, uh, yo, yo, the worst part, Jessica, I pictured him saying the word right there when he was like, as soon as he said, I'm going to talk about home, I'm like, we drinking. I didn't do it. Yeah, I done goof. But yeah, we don't have a, we don't have an urban. Oh, there you go. He's present. We don't have our urban radio here. Like, okay, so I'm gonna need you to send me a away. DM of where your market is, what your city is, and we need to start looking at some research and some numbers. So that is wherever Texas is at, the bottom tip of Texas, before you get to Mexico, he's basically he's Brownsville. Yeah, Brown. It's the last. We're we're in the crotch of Texas. <laughs> we're the last bit of Texas. Yeah, but what's across from you? What part of what part of Me Mexico are we talking? Juarez? Are we talking like Matamoros? Okay. Y'all got cartel money. Figure it out. All right. So very last one coming up the rear, like my boy AM says. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we have Outside by Beat King. It's a Texas record. Doc is not the biggest fan of this one. 
Candy wasn't part of this review, so it was just AM and I, and we both dumped it. What I said on 1024 to the label was, it's rowdy, playground chanting, ratchet Houston anthem. Very basic arrangement of clicky, synthy, hi-hats, obnoxious 808s, and claps. MIDI claps at that. He aggressively spits a barely full subpar verse of violent sexual acts while shouting out all the hoes in H-Town. What? Yeah. No, he, he believe it or not, he did not shout out all of them. I know them all. He did not shout them all out. <laughs> it, it needs a better, in my opinion, from the studio side, it needs a better EQ and mix. Um, the loud, oh, God, ad-libs sounded idiotic. I'm sure there's equally ignorant hood and twerk communities and challenged appeals to this but it'll need a major for radio at least it'll need a major edit job with its fuck these broke niggas and fuck these broke bitches hook like it that's all they repeat i felt like i was getting yelled at yes uh thank (laughs) god it's super short at one minute and 26 seconds long that's that's like an intro bro that's crazy it's christmas song length Oh my God! It's maybe a regional and viral buzz appeal will help this at the moment, but to me, it's trash in my opinion. Possibly thirty-five to forty-five for it being an indie. I do think it charts, but I don't think it lasts on the show for more than four weeks. Strong dump. Texas got to do better. What I said, I said it feels like a hood classic, and I don't know if I said that in a good way. I know folks are going to dance to the hook. The hook was the only thing that I liked. Mm-hmm. Beat King was very average on the verse. Even though it sounds mean, I'm just gonna say that the song itself was funny. Right. I don't I don't know if I'll ever listen to this shit ever again. The mix was cool, but I thought it was very short. 3040 Urban NC Club. NC for me means it's not gonna chart. And I gave it a weak dump. I probably should have gave it a strong dump though. All right. Moving in, same segment, segment five, just the stats. This is what we call this. It's the time for this where we separate radio from streaming and the men from the boys. Everyone knows the old saying, men lie, women lie, but numbers don't. I believe that, but I believe it's stronger than other people because numbers, as long as they're not skewed, don't lie to me. And the math has to math. (laughs) So let's get through the more meaningful stats and actual movement up the U.S. urban charts. So I'm going to kick this off. The biggest three risers this week was number one, Rich Baby Daddy, Drake featuring Sexy Red. (laughs) It is up 23 spots from number 43 to 20. 166.4% more spins than last week, the previous week. It's currently at 2,091 spins per day on average last week. Hmm. Number two biggest riser is How We Roll, Sierra, featuring Chris Brown. It's up five spots from 20 to 15, 5.5% more from the previous week. It's currently at 2,429 spins per day last week. And last but not least, I actually like this record, You Remix. It's Lola Brooke featuring uh, Bryson Tilla. I like the whole Trap Soul approach to it. Up four spots, 37 to 33. 22.5% 22.5% more spins at 1,426 spins per day. I got the biggest drops this week. So number one, we got Supposed to Be Loved by DJ Khaled. It's down 17 spots from number 13 to number 30. It has 47.9% less spins now with 1,482 spins a day. Number two, we got Jealousy, which I was kind of a big fan of. By Offset featuring Cardi B, down 14 spots from 15 to 29. 39.6% less now with only 1,505 spins a day. Then number three, we got Summer Too Hot, Chris Brown. Not really a big fan of that one. 
it was down five spots from 12 to 17. We only 26.2% less. Now has 2,306 spins a day. All right. I'm going to do the respect to the Indies this week. It's going to be water that everybody's playing right now all over the place right now. TikTok has this viral trend that I think is affecting the uh, music video or it's tied in with the music video with all that ass shaking. And if you look at your girl, or if you look like you're looking at the video, it's, it's, it's cool. The song itself was awesome. I loved it when I first heard it. It's up 21 spots, 1,980 spins per day. It's a 40.1% increase. First one, Waters by Tyler. So uh, again, number two is going to be Back to Your Place, October London, up to number 27. 1,606 spins per day, 26.1% increase. Equal Dirt by Rilo Rodriguez. It's going to be up to number 28 with 1,514 spins per day, 10.8% increase. And We Can't Forget Him by Bobby Storm. It's going to be up to 19, 2,097 spins per day, and that's going to be a 5.9% increase. So I'm going to tag in Jessica for this because I am very much so a champion for indie artists, and I'm happy that indie artists are making national radio. Of those four records that AM named, uh, Water by Tyla, Back to Your Place, uh, October London, Equal Dirt, Rilo Rodriguez, and We Can't Forget Him, Bobby Storm. Is there one of those ones that you've heard and you're actually a fan of? Tyler. I mean, I was hearing that song, obviously, before it was even playing on radio. And the, the challenge, the dance was already there. It's a feel-good song for women, and it gives men an opportunity to look at something because all the women are doing the challenge. In a lot of them in bikinis and sexy gear because they have something to prove. So... It's a really feel-good record. Like, women are dancing to it. You play it in the club. You play it out there. You hear people bumping it. Um, and you even see, like, what I would call the anti-water challenges where it's, like, the kid that's going to do the challenge, but then the parent's like, no. Like, you see those videos, part of content creation. So TikTok really helped that song move, but it is a good song. And I think it will chart on radio as well. Moving on to Radio RIPs, or as I like to call it, Radio Rit. <laughs> We're giving a final farewell to the singles that officially died and fell off the national rotation on commercial urban radio. This week, we have four condolences to Mount and Burry. Zach, watch kick us off. All right. I'm very happy about the first one. Meltdown by Travis Scott <laughs> featuring Drake. It was shipped mid-August to national radio. It had a 2.5 month, two and a half month run. It peaked at number 11 and did not earn any chart whatsoever. I'm so happy about that. I know. Fuck Travis Scott. You're from Texas. You're not allowed. Bro, to no, no. Fuck. Honestly, look. When we get to my part, AM, go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and, and I'll give my my reasoning. I got it. So look, money, money from J Lock featuring finesse two times. That is a name if I've ever heard one. Shipped early July with a 3.5 month run, and it peaked at number 34 with no plaque. Then we got Wish You Well by French Montana featuring Sway Lee, shipped late August. Has a two-month run, peaked at number 37, no plaque. And the reason why I dislike Travis Scott is because the first time I've had an interaction with him, guy was a, the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen as a manure farmer. I was like, oh, my God. This guy was horrible to fans, horrible to the people at the venue. I, I was like, nah, that, that's fucked. We can blame the Kardashians for that, bro. This was... Probably before he was dating Kylie. Uh, this guy was coming down, talking trash to everybody he could see, saying, this, I don't even know, bro. Like, it was wild. You missed your opportunity to WWE suplex him? Like, 
Stunner. It would have been over. I, I was I was still in high school. I was like eighteen. I'm so like, yeah, like, so you dude. have a you have a pitbull story according to Doc then. So yes, I have a I have a pitbull story. Like it yeah. was that's why I dislike him. I dislike anybody who's rude to who is paying yeah. you. Yeah. I right. agree. Like that, I do yeah, believe that's, people that's need to humble themselves sometimes. Yeah. Like you people forget. And I think artists and stars, like as much as you want your privacy, you've earned the the ability to go eat dinner or do different things. You can never forget who pays your paycheck. Ever. So, what, what Candy brought up there and then me bringing up the Pitbull story, Jessica, I'll keep it super short. Back when I was in college, I just it was my first year dating Gene and um, they had a Hispanic Heritage Festival for urban music at Bicentennial Park in Miami. Mm-hmm. And this was right before, right as Pitbull was being signed to Lil John. He didn't have a mixtape out. He didn't have a single out. There was no Kulo, nothing like that. I even had a mixtape out that the newspaper was talking about. So I opened it up and what was really cool was like the main the main two artists or three artists were Nori, Lumidi, and Gangstar. And it was like amazing because Guru died like a year or two later. So oh. it was very meaningful to me. And I'm a big yeah. Gangstar fan. But um, there was no backstage there. So it's literally like you're performing and then you walk up the middle. It's like a reverse amphitheater. Mm-hmm. So you walk up it and then either you leave or you sit down. So I sat down with my girlfriend at the time to enjoy the rest of the show. And... I'm performing music that I actually have copyrighted, that they're actually my songs. You're familiar with Aventura, right? Of course. Of course. So they were performing Loaded. for Pitbull and his crew, and they went five minutes over. They didn't go over 35 minutes, five minutes over. Mm-hmm. He sent his goons on stage to art, start unplugging their equipment. So, of course, they started getting mad, and then they, they were starting to get violent. Like, So they got off stage mid-song. And like mid like final song, I'm like, oh my god, like Pitbulls, people are assholes. Like we like Aventura, right? Mm-hmm. Because they went five minutes over, he went a five or ten minutes over his set, mind you. He didn't re- spit one original record. It's always like verses over other people's beats, Trick Daddy beat, Little John beat, Bone Crusher beat. And I'm like, does this dude have a real song? So when they let him kind of the same way they did with me. I at least had a CD out so I can like sign in and give it back to kids. He had nothing out. So kids were like handing hats and shoes over. This motherfucker, like he's not famous yet. Mr. Mr. Pitbull, he wasn't famous yet. Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, Mr. Worldwide could have been sued. He was being handed (laughs) hats and he took them and like threw them back in like 10 year old kids' faces. Like he didn't sign them, he just threw them right back in their faces. And I'm like, let that hat poke a kid's eye out and his career is over but it well did. let's just let's just discuss him in the dirty basketball jerseys with the braids with the basketball shorts that are oversized and the prison slides showing up to my 102 jams beach house in Norman beach back in the day when nobody knew who he was like i mean we could we could take humble yourself humble yourself yeah, I've not. never had that kind of interaction with him the interactions that i have have always been okay maybe somebody gave him a piece of himself maybe he learned his lesson i do hope so i hope so you know but had that been me had his goons been there i'd be like what we gonna do today is you gonna move out my way i will cut the main power (laughs) (laughs) all right so very last i'm sorry i took us way off schedule when he said that i like i I feel like i needed to hear that story though yeah i fucking (laughs) i i I like i like pitbull's music i just i don't like his personality so but that's me 
All right, the last of the radio RIPs that we got to say uh, condolences to this week is Calm Down by Rima featuring Selena Gomez. This was shipped back in late August 2022. It had a 14 and a half month run. It peaked at number one and it was three times platinum. I rocked with it. It finally fell off the radio. So, Jessica, I'm going to put this one on you, not me, not my boys. Of those four records, what is your favorite record and what was the one that you're happy to fall off the charts? My favorite's gonna be Rima and Selena Gomez. And I have to say this because of the radio format that I'm in. This was a record that catapulted to the top. Like it really did well. People did listen for that song. We did get requests for that song. And I think that it was well done. I'm listening to Rima's other stuff. He got another song out now with another, not as good. It's not the Selena, it's not Selena and Rima. Like that combination seemed to work very, very well. And for him to be a new artist popping on the scene, to be able to get that kind of collaboration on a feature, that was major. But Afrobeats is in. Afrobeats is huge right now. Oh, it's it's huge. Yeah, that was a good song to debut and a good song to really kind of catapult him as an artist into our charts. So yeah, I'm going to rock with that. The rest of them, it's okay. What I like about Afrobeats is I always, especially on my reviews, I'm like, man, it sounds similar, but it sounds so different at the same time. It is growing, but I'm going to say it this way. Look at Latin music, Spanish music. You know, (laughs) a lot of our beats are the same. When you look at reggaeton, when you look at salsa, merengue, bachata, it'll be a different song over a very similar sounding beat. So that Afrobeats, the Afro vibes, you're going to get the same tempo. It's about how the percussion is played that percussion mm. makes or breaks the record yeah so hearing that familiar vibe you're gonna know this is an afrobeat song the same way you knew this was a dance hall song coming up based on the beat that was that was going right yes i think i don't think it will get its own category it won't i do think that it's going to be integrated into the american music categories though What's very unfair, and him and I have noticed this too, it's almost like it, it does find a landing spot on rhythmic first, and then it kind of yeah. like climbs on other stage on other mm-hmm. I just said stations. Fuck it. We're taking a shot. Oopsie. Oh fuck. It's not been nah. me this time, y'all. Yo, I know this is like shot number nine. Yo. Hey, so, we, hey, we keep you keep adding anything. numbers. I couldn't bro. even that's what I was no, I've said eight. <laughs> I said eight the last time. This is nine for sure. But I will agree oh, with AM on one thing, Jessica. It does find a landing spot on rhythmic and it climbs on different formats. But what's unfair with it is I noticed they allow two Afrobeat hits on the urban charts. And it's like until one falls off, they don't add another one there. And I'm like, that's not fair. It's not. But you got to remember where you're at. So they have to focus on the American made bread artists first. The same way if you travel and you go overseas and you listen to those stations, they will be like, for instance, Canada. Canada, like the way that the radio works in Canada is you must play at least 60% Canadian artists usually on your radio stations and you can integrate others in there. So even like the mixers that are mixing their mix shows, they have to play a certain percentage of Canadian artists first, like somewhere in there and then you get the rest. It's been more like 60, 40 American artists on like SoCon for like a Canadian station. Oopsie. Oh, fuck. I, you just set me up on that. Doc, I hate you so much right now. 
That was actually. I got things to do today. That was all. That was all Jessica's fault. All right. Edutainment. I know AM's watching the football games right now. I can see him right now. All right, so segment six, we're going to fire through this because I know we got to let Jessica do her thing too. So edutainment, this is actually one of my favorite parts of the show because this is where Candy and AM put me in the spot, in the fire, unprepared. And it also makes our listeners who emailed in these questions the stars for the segment. So if you didn't already know, we have a Facebook fan page. It would be www.facebook.com slash twistedcritics. A mailing list which you can subscribe to, and a Twisted Critic business email, which is twistedcritics at mail.com, where anyone can send in business questions. And I'll repeat it again twistedcritics at mail.com. Here, I, my tongue's not working. Here, we, we've been texting people too, but this is where we put two questions. Make it a star, and Doc and AM and our guest Jessica will even chime in. And guide you through answers. AM, why don't you go ahead and do the honors? Copy that. I got my hat ready, digging all up in it. <laughs> the first one is going to be Alex Laffey from Kissing Me, Kissing Me, Me, Florida. Kissimmee, Florida. Kissimmee. Yeah, like like Asian mouth. Like Kissimmee. Not yeah, Kissimmee. Like, like... Kissimmee. So hold on. I love the show, and I'm a co-worker of Doc's. He deserves more credit because he's just amazing with document research skills. Recently, he worked on a Supreme Court infringement case starting, targeting Florida. Now, I read on social media that you legally can't sue for copyright infringement beyond the limitation of three years of infringing a song release date. But in court, they were suing Florida for a song that happened in 2008. So I'm assuming that's not true. If it isn't, could you please explain for me? All right, all right. So I'm going to give you the, the legal side, and if AM and, and Jessica <laughs> want to jump in for the radio slash artist side, I don't mind it either. But all right, so Alex Laffey, you are one, two, three, four, five, six, six offices down for me. So that's what's up. I'm really happy you're tapping in. Kissimmee Courthouse, shout outs, what's up? So first of all, Alex, if you're listening, Stop listening to social media. So the whole thing, the limitation of three years for an infringed song release date is absolutely bullshit. To give you guys, and I think AM can even answer this because I've tested him on this. AM, how long does the copyright last? Should last. Wait, no, I'm going to get it wrong now. I'm, I'm drunk. Seven years. All right. So the life of the last Arthur on the copyright plus 70 years. Seven zero. Jesus seven Christ. Zero. So if you, so if yes, you die... That's why the lawsuit that you saw me working on a couple weeks ago for Flowrider was from 2008. I do think Flowrider and Atlantic Records infringed upon someone's copyright, but that that's a very unique case because there's eight lawsuits going back and forth. The manager of Poboy Entertainment claimed he was the copyright author for all of Future's music, which is a lie. And he was actually sync licensing Future music off to other companies without letting Future know. So... He's suing Future. Future suing him. There, he's threatening to sue Media Base because we're not defending him. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, dude, like you, your name's not on this copyright. You have no reason to sue anybody, honestly. But to answer your question, Alex, very simple question: A copyright is the length of the last surviving author plus seventy years. That means if you do a music, because I know Alex does music too as well. 
your family can monetize and have rights to that music 70 years past your death, meaning they can also sue for infringement for 70 years past your death as well. So that three years that you heard on social media is absolutely incorrect. Copyright law is always going to step in. You can sue up until that 70th year of past the last author death. Whether you sue as the person or the estate. Correct. Next up is going to be Gretchen Peters from Bronxville, New York. I love hearing good perspectives. And a recent Facebook post of mine went viral. So I asked you guys the same question. Entering 2024, should artists be more concerned with making content or making quality? Hold on, hold on, hold on. So Gretchen Peters, like from Bronxville, New York. Okay, so she's not an urban artist. She is a country and folk artist. She has multiple Grammys, I think five or six. And she's in the Nashville Hall of Fame for writers for country and folk music. So first- Shout out Gretchen Peters. Shout outs for that, for sending something into our podcast. (laughs) That's awesome. Amazing. That's fucking awesome. Okay, so anyways, I love to hear perspectives and a recent Facebook post of hers went viral. I'd like to ask you guys the same question. Entering 2024, should artists be more concerned with content or quality? She's in the Hall of Fame for being a world-renowned writer, and I'm trying to put myself into her shoes. I'm in the belief that quality will always take over content. Content could definitely make you buzz for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. TikTok videos, whatever have you, but I- I'm going to side with this on the artist side. Like You want to put your best quality out, the best sound recording, the best lyrical quality. I think that's the biggest problem with our music nowadays. And again, AM can Je- and Jessica can tap in and trump me if they want, but I feel like artists are trying to freestyle music like Jay-Z and Lil Wayne did, and they're not as good as it. <laughs> so my problem with that is your quality basically gives you timeless music and classic music. We have very less timeless and classic music in the 2020s as per the 1990s. So I think you should very focus on quality because that's going to give you that timelessness. Like that's that record that lasts 20, 30, 40 years. That's my opinion. I may be wrong with that, but AM, why don't you tap in first? I believe they're two two different things, but they help and or hurt each other because you cannot make, we say quality. My brain is literally just thinking content versus music. Is that is that what we're actually actually asking? Oh, are we saying something good or something that's literally something for social when media? When I saw that's- her when I saw her screenshot on Instagram, when I saw that as well, I think she was talking about people making like TikTok content and social media content and YouTube content versus a great record that's best sound quality that you spent money in the studio that yeah. you actually spent you know, a couple days or weeks or months writing versus someone freestyling a record like Little Uzi Vert and the sound yeah. quality sounds like it's recorded, like you say, in a trash can in the desert. Exactly. Or, yeah. All right. So my answer, my answer stays where it was going. So you can have bad music and your quantity basically be uh, reinforcing that. And I personally think that's silly. I think that's stupid. Uh, social media is going to be great for a person that has a social media contract. If you have a pay-per-post, pay-per-view kind of deal with Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or something like that, I myself have two of them, it makes sense for you to just create content. But if you are an artist, I honestly think that you need to do both of those things. It's almost as if you're asking, is a content creator different from an artist? If we're saying that, yes, an artist needs to focus on both of them, more so the actual content, 
over creating the quality versus the content. So your quality is going to be what you need to push, especially if you're an artist, because an artist has to do both of them. Mm -hmm. If you're just being a content creator as an artist, you're not creating content. I agree, I agree with you a thousand percent. I think the best example, and I'm going to give it to the mic over to Jessica in a second. The best example we had on the panel was John uh, Chow when he had that record Talking to the Moon, where he sampled Bruno Mars Talking to the Moon. Yes. He got to 314 million views on TikTok. Very good number, very good money, whatever. We at MediaBase and Sound Exchange for Digital Spins didn't pay him his first 98 million views because he didn't get the sample cleared. Yeah. And he didn't he didn't have it mixed down or anything like that. Once he remixed it and had it mastered a better version and actually paid Atlantic Records and Bruno Mars, then he started receiving money from it. So and this goes back to what I teach you guys. Every time we do a meeting and a conference call for hear my voice, do you want prop, pop, uh, popularity or do you want profit? That's my biggest well, I want profit. Fuck popularity. I, I, Popularity does bring profit. I'm not saying that. Yeah. You want profit, really. But I want profit. <laughs> you I want more profit. money off of that. Yeah. So the thing I is, mean, if you're going to lose your first 98 million views for a record that went viral. That's a big fuck up by you and the label. It's like, so it's like you could have cleared that with Bruno Mars and Atlantic beforehand. So, I mean, I rather go, and again, maybe I'm a dinosaur also, but I rather go 100%. I am a dinosaur. <laughs> I rather go the quality route where you own the copyright, you cleared the sample, it's the best mixing and, 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 and mastering you have. Put that shit out there and then hit up people like Jessica and her, you know, her PD, and then you have the best quality to get yourself on the radio, but you're also doubling it with TikTok views and YouTube views. I really think that they are two sides of the same coin. Because when okay. you, it, the industry is constantly changing and you must do what you need to do to keep up with the industry however it changes in what direction it goes into now i i disagree a little bit with doc on this part just because without those views and those spins you would have never been discovered right so even though the sample yeah. was cleared you don't if you don't know the music industry and you don't understand the business end of it which the average person putting music out does not understand how it works they're thinking okay well, I can just play a song and put it on my TikTok. Well, BMI, ASCAP, or whoever gets a hold of that, and they see you're playing something, putting it publicly, trying to monetize off of it and not paying the royalties, there's going to be a whole problem with that, right? So you got to understand that you must be a content creator on two levels. The music that you create must be worth listening to. Let me just make this very clear. If music is what you are trying to do, then the music must be good to begin with. If it is garbage, it doesn't matter what you do in social media because your content of your music must be good to begin with. Then people also prove that social media does work. So you get yourself noticed. So maybe you don't have a great studio to master it down in. You don't have the best equipment. You have a raw master of something that hasn't been done properly yet but you create the right kind of content for that, it's going to go viral and you're going to get noticed and you're probably going to get picked up by a label, whether it be an indie label or a larger label, based on the fact that you put in that effort to both create the music, obviously get your stuff copywritten so nobody else takes it from you. That is the most important part about understanding the business 
part of it. Mm -hmm. You need your writing credit, your production credit, any other credit that you can possibly get because you will miss out on money if you don't do that. But mm -hmm. if you don't understand the business at all, getting yourself seen is only the first part. The music actually has to be good and you cannot take from other people without paying them. So what you create and the social media that you create needs to be with original content. All of it, 100%, whether it be the music, the lyrics, whatever. That is the only way that you can make sure it's yours. That is the only way to make sure that you can profit off of it because we all want this to be a business and a profitable business on top of that. I don't work for free. I don't know about y'all. You know what I mean? It could be my passion, but I still want to get paid for it. And that is kind of a fine line that you you walk. Like I think we all go down the TikTok rabbit hole from time to time. We all go down the reels rabbit hole. If you got a reel that is wonderful, that goes viral with original content that is yours, that is owned by you, that is copywritten by you, or you can prove that it's yours, that is going to be the best way that you can possibly get seen. If you can ask for permission to sample somebody's stuff, they might say no. You might do it anyway, because sometimes it is better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Because if it does yeah. go viral, you just like, my bad, I'll pay you out because that's not even your song that you were trying to sell. You got your yeah. other stuff. You're just trying to be seen and that gets you seen. So if I can kind of piggyback on what you and AM said, I grew up with YouTube. So seeing YouTubers, let's go on Jake Paul with boxing, right? Make it real short. He's making a lot of money off of that. He didn't really need it, but now you know he's cementing himself in the sport of boxing. Mm -hmm. What I speak to local people and they get the local support i think local support is very big i think hey you have a song out you have at least five friends you know maybe five friends have each of them share it like it comment on your post do a i know i'm a little younger so hey do a TikTok to the song do i have a friend of mine who's uh kind of a gym influencer hey do your gym workouts background put a song on there put this song because it's my friends okay yeah cool it's about i i, I think you need to be very the content has to be among your community. That's what I would kind of push out to that. Get your, your family, your friends to kind of help you on your content. Obviously, quality, quality like Doc said, is going to be quality. You can't take away how good something is mm -hmm. just because it's from a nobody. So it, it's different nowadays. I know content goes a long way right now. I think content within the next two years is going to slow down where quality is going to push it up. I think content right now is the way to go. I, I kind of want to like straddle the line of you and Jessica together. Um, I, I agree with Jessica in the fact that Joyner Chow from that record, even though he got, we voided 98 million views of his profit, he got a record deal out of it. So yeah. she, he's not wrong. It did get him noticed. So the thing mm -hmm. is, what does he do with that record deal? We haven't heard a hit afterwards. He did try to push another single and we all dumped it. Mm -hmm. So that may be his one hit wonder, but again, it, it got him there. It got him there. So I I, I know why Gretchen Peters is, is acting asking this because she writes records like quality records for people. And I mean, she's in her late sixties as well. I'm mm -hmm. with her on the the quality side of it. it. It's it's an argument, and it's a very valid argument. Like these young kids rather have co content than quality content over quality, right? But the content will give you 15 minutes of fame. The quality will give you longevity. Lasting. That's why I said it's yeah. two parts of the same coin. It literally is two sides of the same coin. You got to mm -hmm. get here and then you got to stay here. Yes. So you can get I here. Think... Music is trash. You're not going to stay there. 
All right, all right. So I'm gonna kill this one off right now. We're going to our last segment, segment seven. I'm gonna pull an AM. Gretchen Peters, thank you for the question. Yes, thanks, Gretch. I yes. got you. Thank you. Gretchen, Both those questions I appreciate were very, you. very good. Alex and Gretchen. Both. Very good. So uh, all right, so going on to segment seven. I got you, Doc. Just in case we haven't drank enough yet, this is the spot where we, we fuck shit up. Let's change that since we asked the twisted critics come became Spotify's playlist curated shout out Spotify. We use this little game each show to test our knowledge and memory. A theory founded in 1929 and resurrected by the movie industry in the early 90s. There was a joke concept that every actor and or actresses was somehow related to and or linked through movie roles to Kevin Bacon. By six degrees connections or less, we are crazy enough to test the same theory with urban music. Jessica, this is what we, where you are a curator too, you'll now be a part of our VIP playlist called Seven Degrees Forever. Time for our little game. It's a rapid fire, seven connections by collaboration, 10 second guesses. Obviously, since your phone's in the other room, you're not cheating. And for each mistake by any of us, we will take a shot. So we're going to name you one record that the last guest left off on. And you're going to connect that via collaboration. It cannot be a solo record by the artist that's featured. It has to be a feature record. Don't use producers. Please don't do that. The last person tried to do that. And I'm like, but sometimes they are connected. Like if it's a Rick Rubin record, like, you know, no, 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 no. We're all going collaborations. The very last episode we left off on. Can I get a, Jay-Z featuring Ja Rule and the Mill. So we're going to give you a couple seconds to gather your thoughts. You're the very first one up. And then we're going to go seven rounds. You, A.M., me. You, A.M., me, and you. Mm-hmm. All right? I understand this, but, like, I'm trying to figure out how it relates to can I get a, like, do I need to, like, name another song that maybe Ja Rule did or... Ja Rule, Jay-Z, or Emil did that features someone else on it. Because then we're going to have to connect to that feature to somebody else. So I old. I mean, I could do Ja Rule featuring Ashanti. Hello. You definitely could. You definitely okay. could. And then AM's going to follow you, and then I'm going to have to Let's follow Let's do Mesmerize. And AM's going to go next. All right, we're going to do Baby. And I think that's the song. Ashanti. But is that featuring Ja Rule or not? Uh oh. I thought I thought Ja Rule was on a hook. I don't yeah, but I don't think I don't think he yeah. look somebody look it up because I'm on my phone. I'm gonna look it is up. Is it not Ashanti? Please am. I hope you're right. So baby features Chink Montana and Irv Gotti, not Ja Rule. No. <laughs> Oopsie. So listen, oh, I said the title of the song wrong. Jessica, we're taking a shot, by the way. We'll take, we'll take a yeah, shot. Ha, I mean, I got I got another one. You all want me to say it? What's that? I mean, I can go Ashanti featuring Nelly. Let's keep it simple. I mean, it's really, you know. All right. I'm with that. So let's go with Barney on me because if I recall, there's two people on that. So you have an option to go in a different direction. Doc is so gone. Oh, my goodness. Doc is not gone. I got to go take care of the baby after this. (laughs) Whoa. Okay, so I'm gonna go with Nelly and P. Diddy. Shake your tail feather. Uh, Diddy, Mario Winans. Um, uh, I can't even remember the fucking song, guys. I told y'all I'm drunk, bro. It's all right, but you know the song already. 
Somebody said they saw you. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to know it's a song. Yes. Thank you. It's, it's I was trying to say you can see guys. The weekend covered it, you know. It would be Jessica's next. Diddy mm, featuring Keisha Cole last night. Perfect. Doc, it is now your turn. Can you connect it to Keisha Cole or Diddy? This just turned into a Diddy playlist. I just realized that. It really did. What's funny is like it turns into like the previous week turned into like Jay-Z playlist. And I didn't really want it to. Yeah, it's just there's so many features that you can name, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm gonna go old school. I'm gonna go Diddy to Black Rob, Bad Boy for Life. Oh shit. All right, Doc. Closes out on segment eight. How much did we drink for that fucking segment? Not not enough. Oh boy. Okay. Well No, Jessica, you wanna know where I was the most fucked up? Our episode with Mike Mitch. That guy had me thinking I could run for governor of Texas. Yeah, that was good. See who you need to get on the show though is um that Mexican OT. I fucks with him. Oh bro, I know he's fired. Every single time. God damn, this twisted critics and this this damn playlist kills us every single time. Jessica, I think you did pretty well. Uh, you truly are a star of the local community, and you definitely are a curator of this podcast playlist. I also want to show you that you are officially graduated as Twisted Critic, by the way. You handled yourself well. We appreciate the stories, your knowledge, your personality, and much, much more of all your time. Collectively speaking, for us, Doc, Candy, and me, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for sticking with us, thinking with us, and more of everything, drinking with us. Part of the beauty of Twisted Critics is you will always have an open door. And right now, anytime you have a new project, a new event, new achievement, new news, please give us a call and consider our us. We're second home to you to talk about your business. Word. So I know this was the episode where... I was telling everybody, don't judge us until we have this episode out. I really enjoyed your bio. So, Ms. Bonilla, we all mean that. We appreciate you being here. Love talking charts with you. And I hope you had fun, too. Before we bounce, if you like, I feel free to use this spot to big up yourself, your company, your station, most of all. I know I'm very Oopsie. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Use that station. Oh. Oh. Let me finish up and we take a shot. So, your socials, it's like everything you're doing and anything. If you have anything coming up, please uh, speak as we're taking the shot. So anybody can find me on TikTok at Just Be Radio, on the gram at Just Be Radio. Uh, pretty much all of my stuff is connected. It's Jessica Bonilla on Facebook, but I don't really know who really uses that much more outside of talking to you know family members. But yeah, my socials are all branded for at Just Be Radio. And the funniest part about this, don't y'all dare judge me is that I work for the Soccer Mom radio station now. It's Mix 5.1 in Orlando. We are in the House of Mouse. We are all the pixie dust, the fairy stuff, but it is very user-friendly, so you can actually listen to it with the whole entire fam. Um, mm -hmm. So it's not anything that's going to be not appropriate for the kids or the family. So That's awesome. <laughs> RapperAM, RapperAM.com. I'm AngryMan410 all across the, uh, the internet. Coming up with me, uh, my name is Candelario Villarreal. That's on Facebook. I'm done. On, on Twitter yeah. or slash X. On Instagram, it's going to be Candelario, either underscore 50 or just Candelario 50. Uh, feel free to hit me up for any advice, any way to get on the podcast. I would appreciate that. 
I am working towards getting a sponsorship with a local brewery. I know Doc's going to help me out with that. As soon as this episode is out, I am there. So if you're local in Brownsville, Texas, the Bad League, Texas, you know, I, I would appreciate you guys hit me up. Hit up your boy. All right, same thing with me, Doc J, the Mike Medic, Hear My Voice Entertainment. We are at facebook.com backslash Twisted Critics. We are here with and definitely blasting everything of Jessica Bonilla. And mm-hmm. I am twisted. Yeah, totally. Mission accomplished. Totally twisted. I want to thank, thank you guys for having me on here. Seriously, it's been a pleasure. No, uh, thank you for thank your knowledge. For allowing me to represent you know for the ladies and for the the brown ladies and the the under underheard and underappreciated if you will I, I do feel like that i was i was treated well here so thank you very much you are actually the first female that's actually been on twisted yeah. critics so you are the first and only twisted critics female so you are breaking down barriers as you know, as speaking as right now. And I I have no problem with being a first and, and blazing that trail for the rest of those that come behind me. Who would yep. you recommend come on the podcast? That's a woman of color. That's a weird yeah, I'd question. love for you to come on your guys' podcast. And I'll say yeah. that I can't say recommend because if there if you could get her on would be Angie Martinez, because I absolutely love Angie Martinez. Angie Martinez. But okay. I also love who I got a chance to meet at a radio conference, Dana Cortez. She's more on your side. She's more West Coast, but she is syndicated amongst several West Coast markets. She's phenomenal. She does work in urban radio. She's married to a DJ, an actual DJ. Like, if you get an opportunity, and I might be able to make that introduction for y'all, but Dana Cortez, she's awesome. That would be awesome. I would appreciate that. With that said, you are the newly graduated Twisted Critic. You are always welcome back. All right, let's go. All right, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Um, Y'all have a safe night.